This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. What's good, baby? It's Damian Barling, one half of D-Lo and KC. And thank you so much for downloading the podcast here. We really appreciate it. And hopefully you're a subscriber of the podcast. That way you get every single episode, every single day, every single interview, every single clip, every single bit of King's News delivered right here to your mobile device. It doesn't matter if you're subscribing through Apple, Spotify, Google Play. It doesn't matter if you're subscribing through Stitcher or the Odyssey app. You'll get every single episode delivered right here to your mobile device. And if you're using one of the platforms that allow you to rate and review the show, please do, particularly on Apple Podcasts, as I know that's where most of you are listening from. If you could hit the five-star review, if you think we're worth it, it only takes a split second. And if you could leave a review, that would be great as well. The review's cool. Again, it only takes a couple of seconds to do that, but it literally takes just a split second to hit that five-star button, man. We really appreciate you for being here with us. Enjoy the show. Did the beat just cut off? more time for game day. We need one today. We in here on this Wednesday. Wednesday, thank you. February 28th edition of D-Lo and KC. Not the last day of February. It is not. Isn't tomorrow Tyrese's birthday? I think he does have a leave it, your birthday. I think yeah, tomorrow's yeah. Tyrese. I, I don't know that for sure, but I have, for, for I some do, reason I, do I have a recollection. That, yeah. yeah, okay. Leap your birthday. Uh, well, can't wait for that article to go out. Man, we're so happy that you are here with us. Uh, I'm Damian Barling. The ultimate Fat-ass lie. He's Kenny Caraway. <laughs> yes, sir. Acknowledge me. And we in here. It's about to be a therapy session for the next <sighs> four hours. You know what happened right when you left yesterday? I don't even know that you know this happened. No. You know Adele canceled all of her March shows? Did you know that? I 
had no idea. Every single one. Wow. Yeah, that would like the second you walked out, like I came back, I was packing up my stuff. I grabbed my phone and the the Ticketmaster thing said your event has been moved. It's like, well, and I'm thinking like, what's I was like, no, 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 no. It's like, I think there's only one event in my in my in my my app. Yeah. I opened up the tickets and it said Adele. uh, 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 It just said postponed. So I like, you know, went to the socials and. Man, there was that notes app letter. Oh, I'm like, oh no, damn, no, damn. What's she's got? What's what's going on? With she's it? A, she's ill, and she said it's 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 taking a toll on her on her voice. Mm. And I thought like she had posted a picture over the weekend that said like weekend, like she posts like the the or not weekend like week forty weekend mm. forty or whatever. Yo, man, she's been going hard. Yeah. And then I thought about James, who went. <laughs> Who went to uh, uh, Allegiant Stadium? I think it was to see Ed Sheeran. Mm, that sounds about right. And yeah. he's at the stadium, and yeah, show canceled. I was like, man, I want. There's no, she wouldn't cancel. Like not on a Saturday because she performs on a Friday. Right. Then she was right. I was right. She canceled <laughs> oh, a couple of weeks prior. Damn. I was crushed. You still going? Uh yes, the trip to Vegas is still oh, there's on. Another, there's another show to see. The, yeah, in, in, indeed. Actually, those tickets just arrived. The the, the Jodeci tickets just arrived. Now you can go to Wu Tang. <laughs> well, you're right. You're right. Because I was trying to. I was like, how can I make this up? Like, what what else? What else to do? And I start like we could go see Foreigner. We could go. Like I start looking for like shows to go see. Blue Man like, Show. There's Wu Tang. Um. There's a Saturday night Jodeci show. Like, how, how can't go wrong with Cirque du Soleil, though. I might just go see Michael Jackson again. Yeah, yeah, Cirque du Soleil, or, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Can't yeah, go yeah. wrong. I mean, you can't go wrong with those guys. Mimi's not there, huh? That's in May, not I think. Yet. Yeah, I think April or May. Mm. Yeah, Mimi's not there. I ke- I kept hoping, hey, you know, be the hero of all heroes. I felt really bad for the people who were like going Friday. Like oh, I, f- I, f- I felt for those people because at least we have a few. I don't figure out what to do. Right. But yeah, like this Friday. Yeah, they, yeah. like yeah, because she has it. Like every that's March first. Every show in March is canceled, Man. or it, it's not canceled, postponed. Oh, and so it was kind of like I don't know when this is going to be rescheduled. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we'll, we we could go back. It just might be. You know, like a one night trip. I'm, right. I go. I'm not, I'm not sure we're going well, for a second three day. Vegas Barling. Yeah, well, that's who he is. Well, and and so my hope, like my man, like if Bruno gets wind of this and like, oh, you know what? All Swoop those people, all those people who had Vegas trips. <laughs> I got you. I'm coming through. Uh, I know. I, I know that opens up a night to get to the pinky ring. So. I'll have to lock up my phone, but I'll see if I can get to the pinky ring oh, on man. Saturday night. Oh man, got to got to do that. I got yeah. I got to go see Bruno. So that so. started my yeah. I want to see Bruno. I want to see Bruno again. Um, that started my that's that's the, and then we had a series of incidents this morning. It's the business. They were just like it's the industry throwing my head against a, a wall. <laughs> but we here, <laughs> we here, baby. We got a big couple of days planned uh, for both stations. Uh, and as we mentioned, the Kings are in Denver tonight. De'Aaron was listed as questionable yesterday, uh, but it looks like, according to our man Chris Biederman, he was a a, a full go at uh, shoot around today. Mm-hmm. Uh, reminds me of Domas just a couple of nights ago, just a couple of days ago. Domas was doubtful yeah. uh, the night before, questionable the morning of, went through a full thing of practice. James says that 
he went through his complete workout routine. I thought it was a little bit abbreviated, but James is there every single night. He Domas did. Domas night. did, yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he, that he went through his full workout routine, and and um, he's chasing him around trying to find out if he's going to play. Poor James. Uh, and had to wait for the Kings to announce it. But uh, obviously, Domas went that night. Yeah. It sounds like De'Aaron's probably a go for tonight as well. These guys, these guys are, and and I don't mean I'm not trying to disparage anybody else, but these guys are, uh, they're tougher than a two dollar steak, man. Mm-hmm. You know, they they go out there, and if they can play, yeah, if they can get out there and give what they feel is um, maximum NBA effort or good enough NBA effort, they're gonna play, and that's what I love about this group, man. De'Aaron is that way, uh, Sabonis is that way, every all, all the way on down. And like I said, I'm not trying to say other people, you know, kind of take days off when they could probably play. I, I'm not getting into all that. I yeah. just know that these guys, if they can play, they're locked in and they're trying to make it happen. So um, I hope De'Aaron is, you know, able to go. And De'Aaron really does fight through a lot. Like we probably don't talk about that as much as mm-hmm. we should. He hurt his ankle really early in the season. Mm-hmm. And – basically said it's what like it's like how much better is it gonna get right. it was oh no I'm good I can go it was just like it is what it is like right. I'm, I'm going to play we know he's dealing with something uh involving the shoulder and um I didn't see him I didn't see the knee collision yeah uh I didn't notice anything until he started you know how you like do the the thing with your leg yeah. <laughs> you like you start flexing the knee out that was where I first noticed what was that and then I think I think it was Hammer or Sean tweeted something um, that he he banged knees with somebody. I I I, I did not see that. I yeah, see I, that I didn't I didn't see it when it happened. I saw the video since. Yeah, um, and it was in the first half. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, he came back. I thought he was really really good in that fourth quarter. Damn near phenomenal in that yeah. fourth quarter. Like he was he was locked in trying to bring that thing home. Yeah. Um, so it didn't didn't hinder him in that respect, but just like the ankle when it happened the first time, you're able to play through it, you know, through some adrenaline, and you know maybe you wake up the next day and it doesn't feel the same way. Right? Maybe that's what happened with him. Um, but it looks like he's gonna he's gonna give it a go tonight. Yeah, a big time game. Yeah, it is. This um, is a big time time of year. I uh, yesterday was the first time in a in a while where I, it was it was like the only thing you can compare it to is like baseball pennant races, you know what I mean, where it's Giants fan, they're up two games in the standings, and you're watching Cardinals-Rockies, mm-hmm. you know what I mean, because you yeah. want to see what – that last night was one of them nights. Oh, it definitely was. And it was one of them nights where I, I had the uh, – I didn't watch it. I was just listening, just listening, everybody involved. Um, I had the, the, the Pelicans-Knicks on the phone in the car as I was driving home because I was – I gotta see what happens here. Yeah. And that was a little bit after one of the great endings oh, we've seen in the a, legend. In a long time. The legend. The God. Max, Max Roos. Yeah. The that legend. was insane. That was incredible. Wow. Absolutely incredible. And um, it, and that was when I didn't see live. We were here in the studio and I was mm-hmm. gonna do one of the things I, I did for Blazers Pistons. I remember. Where I said, Hey, I gotta well, stay and watch this game. You know, I gotta watch the end of this. I was gonna do that for Mavs Cavs. Yeah, and then the Mavs hit a three to go up ten with like four minutes to go. Yeah, so this one's a wrap. We were, t- we were talking about it. Like, yeah, well, 
the, the, the damn Cavs ain't going to help us out tonight. No. I said, that's what I get for showing them love on the air. <laughs> and then here comes Max Struess. <laughs> that was a crazy finish. I, I, I saw the score later. The second longest buzzer beater. What's the first? I think they said it was Devontae Graham. It was. Oh, That's yeah. right, when he beat OKC. Yeah. That one was crazy. His was yeah. like 61 feet, I think it was. Yeah. What was it? 59. 59. 59. Okay. Yeah, that was – wow. That was crazy. I remember that Devontae Graham one. This one was crazy too, though. Man. Yeah, no, this was this not – well, nuts. in context, like that was his fourth three yeah. of the final like four minutes. Yeah. Uh, he, he went nuts. Unfortunately, as you mentioned – the Pelicans, man, that, that, that game last night got me thinking about the Pelicans a little bit. Uh, they jumped Phoenix. They're up to five now. Mm. Uh, they're half a game over Phoenix. Phoenix, who uh, they're 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 chilling. They're they're on a, oh. they're on an Olympic break yeah, right they, now. They might not play for another week. They don't resume play until is, is it, shoot, it's tomorrow. Yeah, they, they play tomorrow, but they haven't played since Sunday. Yeah, uh, so they are just kind of sitting there, um, and Dallas. Didn't gain anything on that, so you know, obviously that's Dallas. There, tough. I mean, yeah, imagine brutal. if you're the Mavs brutal. or a Mavs fan. Just right brutal. That is tough. See, those are the, and, and those are like we talk about Detroit's and Charlotte's and whatever. Like you, you'll be thinking about Milwaukee too. Mm-hmm. They'll be thinking about Cleveland as this thing gets closer and closer and closer yeah. uh, to the 82nd game of the season. Golden State got a win last night. They jumped the Lakers. The Lakers are now at 10. Mm. Now, mind you, the Lakers and Warriors are four clear of the Utah Jazz. The top 10 are likely the top 10. Um, It's just a question of which of those two, two of those uh, bottom six teams are going to be in the playoffs versus the play in. Mm. And I'm not quite ready to put Golden State and L.A. into that conversation yet, mm-hmm. uh, though they are busting their ass to get there as Golden State got a got a victory last night in Washington. I actually saw some of Kuzma's post-game presser, and, you know, I, I felt a little bad for Kuz because I, I think he's probably a little bit more serious about basketball yeah, than people want to believe deal. I was thinking is. about that watching him yesterday. Yeah. It's a raw deal. They have the same amount of wins as Detroit. Mm-hmm. Mm. What was, Those are two nine and forty nine teams. Now remember, that's a team that lost twenty. I always forget the number twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty nine, whatever it was. Detroit. Yeah, I think it was twenty seven straight games. Yeah, and they have the same record as the Washington Wizards. And, and to be honest with you, right now, by the way, the Spurs are only two games better. But never mind. That's crazy. Uh, if I, be honest with you, they were they might play again. I don't know. I think Detroit's better than Washington. Yeah, they, they – I think they're a better they team. Be. And like you said, that's a team that lost 27 in a row. Yeah. While yeah. they well, lost 27 why... in a row, I think Washington had lost like 24 of 26 or something. Yeah, like they did. That. Yeah, they did. And I remember I think it was Kyle Kuzma that said you don't want to be the one to lose to Detroit. Now that's Washington. Mm-hmm. Like you, now it's both of them, right? Mm-hmm. You don't and, – and with all – you know, that's San Antonio. Like you don't want to lose to those teams. Right. You know what I mean? At this point in the season for how valuable these games are, and that was that was a I won't call it a huge game for Golden State, but that was a very valuable game for Golden State yeah, last night. They absolutely. needed to win that. Um and their 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 good stretch of basketball continues. We'll talk all hoops here. Uh Kings as it, got uh one left against the Spurs and the Wizards. They do. <laughs> I know. I don't Although... sweat those out. 
When we come back, I got a, I saw something this morning that maybe say, huh. Hmm. All right. Well, we'll find out what that is. I want to know what you guys think about it. We do that when Casey return here. We're just getting started. We're happy that you're here with us on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You said my word. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Yeah. I'm talking about her health. Yeah. Not the show. The show was disgusting. Yeah. But I'm I'm I feel bad about her health, but I, I can't feel bad about those those Get that WD forty. I know <laughs> it's my fault, John. They were they, they were gone yesterday. Um, like social media going crazy about you know that that where is Wendy Williams show? Mm. It's like oh they're taking advantage of they're, they're exploiting her. She built her career on that. I'm sorry, like that's right. And 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 again, she is in a horrible state right now. But you're surprised that she surrounded herself with people who are willing to exploit her for profit. Mm. Stop it. Mm. Stop it! Yeah. yeah, that's yeah that 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 stuff that's going and, on. And and once again, I'm not even with that. I'm not even saying it's right that people do that, but I do think that it was messed up that she would turn people's lives upside down mm-hmm. and didn't think twice about it. Yeah. And now, I'm not even saying her because I don't know if she is, but they're asking for people to have a certain level of respect in her situation. Yeah. It's, that's not the game. Once again, the motto and of this see, show sometimes is the game is the game. Yeah. And that ain't the rules of the game. There is nothing. It, it, I just, I, I, I thought maybe, I thought maybe just hoped we were past the point of someone's sexual orientation being a big deal. Mm-hmm. And clearly it's not. Now, your sexual orientation and the stuff in that Diddy lawsuit, those aren't t- the, the the news isn't Diddy sexual or Sean Combs. Sean it's not his it's mm-hmm. it's not his sexual orientation. It's abusing power. Mm-hmm. That's that's the that's the story of that. Right. Not who he's abusing his power against. Right. Because by all accounts, he's an equal opportunity abuser. Mm-hmm. And we might be a lot closer to a conversation we had on 1025 than we realized. Mm. It's yeah. gonna get tough. Yeah. It's, it's, it's going to get tough. Maybe the ad libs live, but right. you know, 
can't nobody hold us down ain't hitting right. the airwaves like I, I i don't know i don't know how you know been around the world gets run anymore i'll be missing you that, that i don't know that the gig gets, gets yeah, playing anymore missing you. I don't, nobody want to hear from him on in, in that vein at all really but i just you know we talked about it during the break and i just thought that it's extremely unfair for guys like meek mill and usher to be dragged into this yeah. when they've got in the, in the way that they live their it's, life, but when they haven't done anything to anybody uh, that we know of, Jesse catching me up on a little bit that it started with academics. That's not surprising. Yeah. That's what that well, dude that, does. I mean, that's that's yeah. what that dude does. He, he's we just talked about Wendy Williams. He's of that ilk. He's right, right, at, at this right. era. Yep, he is. Um, you had a question. You 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 had something. Yeah, Hopefully you didn't so do like I did, and no, forgot it. No, 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 no. So we were I talk- still ain't remember what the hell we was going to talk about <laughs> yesterday at 320. So we were talking about the Kings and some of the, you know, the, the we're talking about the Wizards, Pistons, all this other stuff. They're, you know, the, the bottom feeders of the, the league right now, record-wise. And you're like, you don't want to lose to these teams. Um, I brought up that the Kings play the Spurs and the Wizards once each uh, in, to, in their final schedule. And a lot of it has been made of the Kings playing down to their competition. And, you know, the, the, the losses are there. You lose the Pistons. You lose to Charlotte. You lose to Portland and, and all that other stuff. There was a, a interesting stat that I saw this morning from our guy, Will Z. Mm-hmm. And Will Z will be with us about 2.15, I think, by the way. Yeah. Uh, and the stat stemmed from the Knicks because they lost again last night. And Legion Hoops put out the Knicks versus 500 teams. Excuse me. The Knicks versus below 500 teams are 23-2. and two. The Knicks versus above 500 teams are 12-21. and 21. And Will Z being the, the guy that he is, just always on it, he said, for those asking, those same splits for the Kings – Against teams above 500, 18 and 19. Against teams that are below 500, mm-hmm. they're 15 and 5. Mm. And we have this thought about the Kings of they always play down to the competition. They don't handle business. We, we will never forget this year Charlotte, Portland, Detroit. Yeah. And you, some people might throw Miami in there. It's not They'd the be same. Wrong, but, yeah. but those three games, and like they don't handle business. Yeah. I'd like to see if Will's listening or if anybody's listening, that 15 and five mark above of teams below 500. Got to think that's one of the better ones in the league. So seeing that, that number, does that change how anybody feels about the Kings quote unquote, not being able to handle business or anything like that? Are those losses that they've had? Is it just a, now they should have won still. I'm not disputing that. But is it more a product of bad timing? Like, say, I, you, I believe, you beat, I, I believe you so. beat Denver or something yeah. like that, but then yeah. you lose to – this wasn't how it went, but you lose to Detroit. Right. And people are like, come on, man. Like, yeah. th- you guys never handle business against – well, right. actually, they do. Yeah. I, I think, and I don't remember – man, I feel like it might have been Charlotte and Milwaukee. Charlotte beat the Bucks. I think. It was something along those lines. Mm-hmm. But I know it was the Bucks. Doc. Mm. But I know it was the Bucks. And I remember saying the next day, like, guys, I think this is 
probably a little more common than we really want to like believe it is. Mm-hmm. Detroit doesn't have nine wins against nine, you know, one team. Right. Like they they've beaten a couple of teams along the way. San Antonio's won eleven times. Like the the, the, the Wizards, like they're beating. It happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was a stat that I remember. It might have been after Detroit. This was the one that bothered me, though, because mm-hmm. everything that you said is, is perfectly fair. The one that bothered me was, I think there were like two or three teams that had lost to all three of them. <laughs> there were only like two or three teams in the entire league that had lost to Charlotte yeah. and Detroit and Portland. Yeah. And all of them were bad basketball teams. And, that's and then a, the Kings. And, 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 and like, oh. to your point as well, that's a different level of below 500 team, right? Like, yeah. I think uh, – I'm just throwing out a random team. I think Toronto's below 500, maybe, right? Yeah. Losing yeah. to Toronto isn't the same as losing to Detroit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Toronto. So I, I do understand that. Toronto's Toronto, to me, on a night-to-night basis, is like a shorthanded Miami team. Mm-hmm. Like, they're going to fight. Mm-hmm. You might, they might not win, but they're going to fight you every night. Yeah. There's levels of this below 500. Right. But I, I saw that just that just kind of jumped out to me. And that's I, the, that's I'm, the that's the level ender, by the way. <laughs> it's like Toronto and then Charlotte's right after right. them. And then and then Washington and then Detroit. Like that's yeah. where that's where the levels change is and right it, there with Toronto. And it, it just I, I don't know. I just I, was, I, I don't know what I thought their record might have been. But I was like, damn, they actually it's a 750 percentage at 15 and five. Yeah. For all intents and purposes, I mean, they handle business. Not like teams like Denver and uh, OKC and all these other guys. They might be 18-1 and one with teams below 500. You know what I mean? Like the yeah. top of the top, Boston, they may be that. Well, New so, York is 23-2. and two. Right. Like that's a, that's a phenomenal record. Yeah. Because that includes Toronto's. That's not Detroit mm-hmm. and Washington. Mm-hmm. That includes Toronto and, and, and the – you know Chicago and and the, the some of the scrappier twenty something win below five hundred yeah. teams, yeah. but twenty three and two versus twelve and twenty one, mm. that's that's Chicago Bulls vibes. That's what, right I, that's there. what I tweeted out. I was like, are they the uh, this year's version of the twenty twenty two Bulls? That's, that's that's strong yeah. Bulls vibes right there. And then, and but then the you, Bulls weren't plus minus five hundred. It was wasn't it the teams that were above them. Wasn't that the yeah, stat? Yeah, it was the teams that were like they, above them. Yeah, it wasn't 500. It was the teams above them. They had won like they could, one game. Yeah, they couldn't like beat any of them. They were like if, one in 32. But if you fell below them in the standings, boy, <laughs> you were getting your ass whooped by Chicago. Yeah, weird. Yeah, weird, weird, so weird, weird, weird. And then, you know, 18 and 19 above 500 teams, that's not It's not great, but, I mean, it's 500. I, I came away thinking the Kings are – they're not unserious. They're not, you know, all this other stuff that people like to say when they lose games like they did the other day. They're just a team that is maybe not a championship contender team, but they're a good team. They're a good playoff level oh, team. Shout out Will Z. 22 and 1. And guess who that is? Against Boston. That's Boston. Yeah. 24 and 2. Okay, see. That's Cleveland. Ooh. Ooh. 23 and 2. We just that's there's that's the next. Mm. The Clippers are wow. The Clippers do the math. 
So no, not on the Clippers. The Clippers are eighteen and three. Okay. Do the math on this. The Warriors are next mm. at eighteen and three. Mm. Twenty-one games against teams below five hundred. They have a win percentage of eight fifty-seven. Wow. Wow. The Warriors have been in a lot of close games. They there's really there's evidence. Have. There's evidence yeah. to show they're probably not as they're, I don't. I would go to say they're definitely not as bad they're, as their record. Absolutely, like they're a better not. team than that. Yeah, they're they're absolutely not. They have a. They have the other. What was it? They they lead the league in blowing fifteen point leads. This I re- year? yeah. I don't like remember. They did it six times. Or I thought it like was that. wow, fifteen points. I thought it was ten. It Goodness might be ten. Goodness. It might have been ten. But they Goodness number gracious. one. They're leading the league. They did it six times. The Kings are the Kings are twelfth, by the way, in terms of league. The way they rank against teams above five, they're twelfth. Okay. The teams, ab- well, t- see, it's all about how you say it. Will Z's in the chat. He says the Kings are tied for tenth. They could uh, still be twelfth, but Will Z giving conflicting. Oh no 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 no. Will's 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 right. I'm I'm. You're right. Um, it's uh, it's it's win. Per- the, so the win percentage is the same. So yeah, Philadelphia, yeah, so you, Orlando. You got you to put the stats out to make you look good. That's no, that's fine. It, Philadelphia, <laughs> Philadelphia has played 28 games against teams below 500. Orlando's Damn. played 24. Sacramento's played 20. But their win percentage, all three of them, is 750. But mm. Dallas, Minnesota, Oklahoma City, Denver, Golden State, Clippers, uh, New York, Cleveland, Boston. So it looks like the Warriors, the Mavericks, and the Kings. Wow, who's next? Chicago's right after them. Interesting. Milwaukee is nineteen and eight. That would be infuriating against below five hundred. Yeah, that yeah, Milwaukee that's is nine. tough. Phoenix is eighteen and eight. I'm looking. That's at, tough. <laughs> so weird, dude. The Pelicans are seventeen and nine. <laughs> that now that would be the uh, Belo and JC in New Orleans. I'd be. They upset seeing that stat this morning. Have to be Portland, Toronto, Houston, Atlanta, Brooklyn. Indianapolis is 17 and 10. Mm. I don't know what Indianapolis's record is off the top of my head. The Pelicans might like six games over 500. The Pelicans might be the worst ranked team here with the best standing in the league cuz they're fifth. Yeah. But they're 17 and 9 against teams below 500. Yeah, that's that would be nice job, Will Z. This 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 got a conversation started. Yeah, Pelicans are seven games over five hundred. I, I mean, bro, the, uh, the Pacers are seven games over five hundred. By the way, thirty three and twenty six. Okay. What did I say here? Eighteen and eighteen and three. That's twenty one games. Where are the Warriors? The Warriors are thirty and twenty seven. Fascinating. So the Absolutely the question that I had posed for you, Jesse. Oh, no, the Knicks game protest. I forgot this was still happening. <laughs> the Knicks did file a protest. Oh, did they win? They did not. <laughs> How are they not going to win in the ref set? We got it <laughs> What? The Knicks protested the result of the game on the ground that a shooting foul was called incorrectly on the Knicks' Jalen Brunson for making contacts <laughs> with the Rockets' Aaron Holiday during a last-second shot attempt. Under the standard for NBA game protest, New York was required to demonstrate that there was a misapplication of the official playing rules as opposed to an error in judgment by game officials. Come on, man. Because the foul call at issue reflected an error in judgment 
New York did not demonstrate a misapplication of the playing rules and the extraordinary remedy of upholding a game protest was not warranted. The ref literally said, I committed the crime. That's it. <laughs> said and I and it. you know what? They write so much because they know we're going to stop paying attention to it, too. It's just like, whatever. It didn't work fine. I just love the verbiage of all of it. It's the tremendous. ref said I committed the crime. I but did it. It's a, a reflected an error in judgment. Wow. They weren't able to prove that they... Uh, well, no protest should know ever what. be overturned at no, this yeah. point. Well, all that explanation no, is doing is trying to meet the word count, bro. That's no, all that was doing. No, no protest should ever be filed at this point. <laughs> no, you ain't gonna get no. it. It ain't gonna happen. Yeah, you ain't gonna get it. Well, the last yeah. successful one was the Heat one, I think, right back yeah. in 06, where I'd love to Shaq know. was on the team, and then when they replayed the game, Shaq that, wasn't on the team. Yeah, it how was, that happened? It was. It was the sh- that was Shaq fouled out. Yeah, Shaq fouled out. But they the, said he the had, foul count was wrong. Yeah, he had five fouls actually, but they said he had six, so he fouled out. They replayed the game next year. Shaq's playing for a different team. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's amazing. Oh, <laughs> uh, but so the the question. <laughs> Dr. Davis said the NBA just goes full Mitch. <laughs> Shout out Tarzana Mitch. Yeah, Tarzana yes, Mitch. Yes, yes indeed. Um, so the question that I have for everybody involved, though, does this make you feel any different about the Kings? Um, n- no, it doesn't. Because I, I feel like I already felt that way. Mm. And I think it, I don't think, I'm not going to pretend like I felt that way in the moment. Mm. I think I felt that way after that. I think it was Buck Charlotte, whatever game that I'm thinking of that we talked about the next day. That's where I started to look at it like, oh, maybe maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's not that bad. But I think for Kings fans, you combined shorthanded teams like Miami um, with, did they lose to a Joel-less Philadelphia team? That was last year. It wasn't this year? Uh, Joel... Did not, no, you're right. They, he didn't play. Tobias Harris went crazy. Yeah, Tobias yeah, scored right. like 90. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm actually trying to think of, did the Kings lose to the Raptors? No, they won. It got close. I'm trying to figure out who who were the other teams below 500 that they lost to. I, I don't they, know. We know, we know do there's they, five. Do they count Houston now? Because I don't know if they were below 500 when they played. So I them. feel like that. I don't feel like it counts until I, I feel like it's the record at the time you yeah, play them. I think but so too. maybe Will, maybe Will could. They might have been below 500 when they played them though, too. Because uh, a lot of people thought that was a game they should have won. It wasn't yeah. like they were four and one Houston at the time. Right. Let me actually. I can look right now. The oh snap! Hold on. Give me two seconds. Snap! I didn't know. When they Houston. when they played Houston. Yeah. The first game, well, both games, Houston came into that game one and three, mm. and then they beat them on that. So Saturday, that's that's two and of then them. Then the second time they were two and three. So that's to get to three and three. Yeah, that's two of them. Then, if if we're if 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 our well, whether our sentiment is correct or not, they're under five hundred now. Mm-hmm. So that's that's two. That's oh, that's all of them. Yeah, it's Man, Houston. That's crazy. It's Houston, Houston, Portland, Charlotte, Detroit. That's crazy. That's a trip, man. And the the timing, which means they beat the they beat Toronto and Brooklyn and Atlanta, mm-hmm. and then it it, it could beat get Atlanta a little, twice. It, it could get a little dicey because so, again we don't know what they were. So here here's the timing. the The Portland one doesn't really match up because they had lost to Minnesota at home, and then they went on the road and lost to Portland. So people were just kind of down just in general. But they lost to the Hornets 
after destroying Memphis on New Year's Eve. Mm, mm-hmm. And that was after they they beat Atlanta. So here's how the up and downs goes. Mm. They lost to Portland. They then went to Atlanta, had that great come-from-behind victory right. to win that one. Everybody's yeah, yeah, feeling yeah. good. Yeah. They go to Memphis on New Year's Eve, have one of their best games of the year. I think yeah. Ja played. I think Ja was playing. Ja Memphis had play. started had, playing well. Yeah. Kings destroy him. Malik had 27 in that one. De'Aaron had 24. And then they come home and lose to Charlotte. And that's where everybody's like, are you serious? Like, this is what we're Terry doing. Terry Rozier had 34 in that game. Man, that's what we're doing. So then uh, the other tough loss was at Detroit. Detroit was after going 5-2 and two on that road trip, the seven-game road trip. He lost to the Cavs it, the game it before. Was, it was here. Yeah, but it was so – they had just come it? off the seven. Yeah, they had oh. just come off the seven game road trip. They went five and two. Yeah, yeah. The losses right. were Milwaukee yeah. at the buzzer. Yeah, and then you lost to a good Cavs team. Everybody's like, "Don't trip." They just went five and two off a of seven. This team is, they turn in the corner, and you lose to Detroit. Yeah, and everybody's like, "Are you for real?" And then what happened? And then they beat Denver. <laughs> and not only did they beat Denver, beat the hell out of yeah, Denver. they beat Denver. Almost beat them by thirty. Yeah, they beat they, they they roughed Denver up. Uh, followed that up with two losses, that Thunder one, and then a, a just a, a fight against uh, Phoenix, and then beat Denver again. Yeah. And we we noted this yesterday. Every they've beaten Denver three times. Mm-hmm. Every time it's been after a loss. Yeah. The only one that wasn't like one of those. One of them was Phoenix. I can't remember what the other one was. The, I know the first one was the Clippers because it was just kind of like okay they lost to the Clippers, uh-huh. but. They lost to the they lost to the Clippers. They lost to Detroit. And they lost to Phoenix. Detroit, yeah, Detroit. We just went over that. Yeah, yeah Detroit. Yeah. And so what? What I'm when you talk about feeling, I'm not. I'm not absolving myself of this. I just get just as frustrated as everybody no, I else. Got you. But it seems like the timing plays a well, factor in how we feel. So quote the great Kenny Caraway very early in the <laughs> two hour uh, D'Lo and KC days at the house. <laughs> I got a little emotion. <laughs> oh, that's when you said trade Sabonis. Remember that, Jesse? You said you said get rid of Sabonis. Yeah, that, that didn't happen. Remember? I I, I can't do that. He no. was attacked for unjust reasons. No, no, no. That's no. <laughs> he said no. I wasn't here to defend Sabonis's honor. No. He said get him the hell out of here. That did not happen. Damien merely said I would like for my friend Demontis Sabonis to take more shots, and he was that, jumped after. That's that. I was. He brought he brought somebody else on. That has a podcast to to back him up with that. <laughs> I did not. I d- no, not him. I did not. Not him. I did. Yeah. I did the not. The other one. <laughs> I, I did not bring on. He said, on. hey, be a guest today so we can both say, get Sabonis out of here. I did not bring on the non-Kyle Madsen host of Candlestick Chronicles <laughs> to do that. That is not what happened. I just asked him <laughs> guy, to poor, shoot more. Poor guy really showed up too. Was like, wait, I did not, what did I do here? Like, what did I do to deserve this? Well, the funny thing was, it was Kyle that jumped him. <laughs> Kyle, Kyle was like, hey, Chris Peterman is here. Oh, what a great return to thirteen twenty after after a year in exile. Welcome. Hey, tell us why you hate Domas. Oh, well, poor Chris was like, I came on to talk about the 49ers. Oh, that's a good point, Kyle. I think Sarah was on the, the show yeah. that day too. No, yeah. she wasn't. They wow. all got together. Wow. Led by Damien. Wow. This, <laughs> this did not occur. This is your life for This did not occur at oh, all. But no, all jokes aside, I was, I'm, I'm there. Like, they lose to the Pistons. I'm like, this is 
can't take him seriously. The timing may have a little bit to do with that. Yeah, I think the timing. We talked about optics, too. um, The optics of the standings. Mm -hmm. That, too. Yeah, like the the fact that they're they're not – you know, coasting to a three seed. They're not really right now fighting for a top four speed. Like, like they're fighting to stay out of the plan mm-hmm. with right now four other teams that it, I think very quickly is going to become five, might become six. I don't, I personally don't think so, but I think it's going to become five. Mm-hmm. Um, so it looks different. Yeah. And we know what we saw last year and how celebratory it felt every time to look you look at the standings and see that they're at three well now new orleans looks really good unless you're below 500 and apparently they struggle a little bit mm. i do wonder what below and jc are talking about that wasn't a cue up for an impression. <laughs> that was not a cue for an impression <laughs> i just say. i just realized as i said it what was going to happen i just, you just I, can't, I wonder you can't take these pelicans seriously baby it's almost like the saints when they play in the nfc south sometimes they'll beat the buccaneers then they'll lose to the panthers and it's like yo what are we supposed to do with these boys? How are we supposed to take them seriously? It's like LSU. Sometimes you play hard against Alabama, then you play Mississippi State, and then you can't even mess with them jokers when they play Mississippi State. I was um Uptown, Third Ward. I was <laughs> dreadfully bored last night. Oh, who are you? De- no. <laughs> we'll talk about that later. <laughs> I was scrolling TikTok as I've gotten way too comfortable doing this. You love TikTok. I kind of do. Yeah. I kind of do. Um, there are two NFL teams whose names you can't play in Scrabble. Do you know who they are? Because I immediately uh, thought I knew one, and I, I was – barely know how to play Scrabble. Oh. But my, my guess would be the Saints – and Browns. No. I don't know. I no. don't know. Do you you got a guess? So from the producers in the studio, we're going to go 49ers and Seahawks. So, no, Seahawks. it's neither of those. So I guess the 49ers didn't count because you can't play a number. Ah, so it's like, well, you, you can't. Yeah, yeah. They don't count. So We still I, want points for that. I guess it's Texans. What? And what was the other one? Steelers. I don't know. Well, I guess it was on TikTok. It has to be true, right? Yeah, well, Steelers isn't a word, though, right? Like the I, way it's spelled. I don't think so. Not necessarily. I mean, it just. I mean, it just depends. Like still. I thought Texans was. I thought Texans, Texans is what is you baffling. called people from Texas. Well, yeah, because like we're Californians. Texas. Maybe that's not a word either. We've been lied to our whole life. <laughs> I just think people like I just like Texans. There, no definition comes up. From Texans, the Man, only really thing that comes up this is, is D'Amico, the Mandela effect situation. D'Amico Ryan's is the only thing that comes up. This not nah, Texans. That's a Mandela effect situation. They're telling us now. No, you've never been able to say Texans. What? No, nah, no, nah, that's exactly what that is. You guys are right. You have been able to say that. I need to see the rule book. I don't know how to play. I need scramble. to see the rule book. Like I don't pre two thousand five. But that makes sense. Forty we'll ers make sense. Yeah, Forty ers just. But that yeah. that doesn't. You can't they play didn't numbers. say that. Well, no, because you can't play a number. Well, that should have been. On the yeah, list. But the thing is, like, you if you, you can't, it's not even an option. Yeah, it wasn't like you can't no play number nine. right because it pertained to Scrabble. Right. I got to I got to. Do you know? Do I gotta, you know the, I got to. I got to get off TikTok. Do you know the uh, three teams with no S at the end of their names in the NBA? In the NBA, mm-hmm. Thunder. Oh, there's four teams. Sorry. 
<laughs> Thunder count. <laughs> Did you, heat. Yes. Oh, come on, man. Tune in for the other two after the break. Uh, all right, we'll be right back. <laughs> after investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. A lot can happen between falling in love with a house and owning it. Having an advocate who can help you navigate negotiations, timelines, inspections, and more can make all the difference. That's what the expertise of a Realtor can do for you, because that's who we are. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. Perfect show. Get OJS well there. Well. They really ran with that, huh? We, he, is, he is a staple. We got, they really do have O.J. Simpson as a regular on their show. <laughs> he, he said, I can't remember. The show is still so kind of under the radar, though, that they could probably get away yeah, with it. Yeah, I mean, there are, they're it, literally just streaming. They're not, yeah, it, it's, it's not Pat McAfee it, at this yeah, point. Yeah, it's under the radar, like, it, it, why, it's not under the radar in the culture, mm-hmm. but, like, why just based, it is. We, so, we, yeah, it is, and they. That doesn't mean you should do it. No, like, no. Hey, it, they got it, a they got a crazy bag for that too, though. It was underdog sports, right? And then yep. I think somebody else uh, chipped them off. They yeah. got a crazy bag for that show. R.I.P. to Virgil. I saw uh, that Virgil. The, um, have you have you heard Virgil speak at length? Um, yeah. That's a wild guy. Or R.I.P. That was a wild. Like he's an interesting. I don't even know how to describe him. I saw. I heard an interview with him one time. The crazy thing was was like thirty minutes, and he was like, "Yo, this dude is." So think about this, America. I think he was a teacher. Really? I think he was a teacher. Yeah. Huh. Mike Jones. Yeah. R.I.P. Man. I didn't know he wasn't with us, or he was with us all still. Well, I mean, he he passed away at sixty one. That's still pretty young. Yeah, That's really sixty one years old. Jeez, that that wrestling Man. era is just yeah. Well, I hope these guys don't have those issues because those guys they, I mean, there was a lot of extracurriculars that probably yeah you know sped up their demise. But it's just so sad seeing fifties and sixties. I mean, it's crazy to like you could go back and watch a match from like WrestleMania five and you could go like three, four matches in a row and people on the screen will be there. Mm. Like Kurt Henning died in his forties. Rick Rude died in his forties. Uh Big Boss Man died really young. Earthquake died of like cancer at like fifty something. Well wow. then they say yeah, like none of those guys made it past like sixty three, sixty four or something mm-hmm. like that. Man. Yeah. Yeah, Man. I think I think Piper always said, "I'll I I won't make it past my 59th birthday." I think he died at sixty. Off the top of my head, I mean, I'm sure there there are others. I don't want to diminish them, but I'm thinking of like WrestleMania one. Like, is Hogan the only one? 
Paul. Oh, I think I think Paul Orndorff did pass away. Uh, Cowboy's still alive. Okay. Bob Orton. Um, Bundy's alive. Bundy's or, I, alive. I, I, oh. Yeah, I think so. You would know uh, better. Than yeah, Bundy's that. alive. I, I don't know that whole card. Like Tito Santana's alive. <laughs> like I, I think a lot yeah, of right. The, right. The, I think the craziest wrestler wrestler death of all time was the Ultimate Warrior. Like the ultimate, go ahead, Jesse. You talking about King Kong Bundy? Yeah. He's not with us. King Kong Bundy's not with us? 2019 he passed. I thought I remembered. No way. March 4th, 2019. Really? How old was he? I did not know Bundy passed away. That's crazy. I did not know Bundy passed away. And and the one thing, and and once again, I I know. He he was 61. 61. He made his 61. Um. The, you know, the, Andre died at, in like at like forty. That's crazy to think Andre the Giant was like forty when he passed away. Man, and he 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 was when he was doing all this stuff with Hogan and all this other stuff. He, he was probably like mid thirties. Yeah, did not yeah. look like he was mid thirties. Yeah. I mean, Earthquake was the crazy one when Earthquake attacked Hogan. He was like twenty seven <laughs> years old. He looked like he was forty eight. The dude was twenty seven years old. Squashing, squashing the Ultimate Warrior. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, the crazy, the craziest one to me is the Ultimate Warrior. He's gone for like ten years. Mm. Just this bitter hatred with the entire company. Mm. Comes back, does this big goodbye, and dies the next day. Mm. Absolutely incredible. Yeah, that was absolutely incredible. That was mind blowing, man. Yeah, it's, it's a and and I don't know if there's a correlation because you got Ric Flair who's still with us or anything like that, mm-hmm. but. Um, and, and I'm not blaming this. I'm not trying to talk crazy about him. But wouldn't you say Hogan probably had the lightest workload and the road travel in that time, and he's he's here with us? Yeah, um, probably, yeah. Because they lived a crazy he, life, city to yeah, city. Yeah. What they had to do to perform the next night, you know, the pills and all this other stuff. Hogan didn't necessarily have to do all that. After a while, like I think yeah. he did to start. Yeah, right, um, right. But yeah, he um he took, you know, even though you know he used enhancers along the way, like he did take like health seriously. I don't know, man. That that whole thing is weird because you look at like Rick Rude. Rick Rude ain't here no more. <laughs> Rick Rick Rude looked like a action figure. Right, right. Rick Rude but, had it. Rick Rick Rude, Rick Rude had, must have had like a twenty inch waist. Like he 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 looked incredible. But I say that, and I I don't know these things. I'm just like just thinking about things that I've heard from doctors and the way you live mm-hmm. life. I mean, they were taking, you know, muscle enhancers. Mm-hmm. They were taking painkillers because mm-hmm. they had to muscle you know, relaxers. get there yeah. to be able to perform the next yep. night. They were driving to these places. Yep. So they're probably drinking and yep. doing all this other, like every single night. Yep. And, and Hogan, at a certain point, didn't have to do that anymore. Yeah, you know I mean? and he, when he did, he was often flown. <laughs> exactly, right, right. Yeah. So Hulk Hogan's not at the uh, Hertz rent a car, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, next to Hercules and Dino Bravo waiting right. for his his rental car. Like they're they're getting Dino Bravo. They're, they're getting Hogan the hell out of there. It was a little bit. It's a little bit different. Yeah. It's a little bit different. Um, yeah, sad, sad sad to see that about Virgil. He'd become a bit of a punchline and was going to get a choke off. He was the last person to know about Juneteenth, but. That oh, he really was a well he was a slave <laughs> Virgil was 
Virgil was a, a slave on national television in 1988. It's absolutely That's insane. a shoot. He's absolutely, exactly what he was. Absolutely insane. That's exactly what he no was. No one thought. No one's objecting to this? No. no. It's the 80s. All right. No. All right. It's the 80s and it's wrestling. Yep. All right, so we've got, we've got a slave. We've got a junkyard dog over here. we got a bird. The and Samoans then, eat, you know, fish raw. we got those guys over there. And then when somebody gets hit with a belt, commentator's just like. <laughs> well, well. <laughs> commentator just says whatever. The, the future mayor of Minnesota, or no, the future governor of Minnesota says, <laughs> it looks like Roots too, McMahon. That was Mr. T. Wasn't that Roddy Piper? It was. Hit Mr. T with a bell. Oh, don't forget blackface. We had we had blackface. Yo, that was ninety seven. Well, ninety eight. That was the first blackface. That, that, we had, <laughs> had another blackface. We had, no, we had we had Piper had. What do you call it when you paint half your body black? Um, Piper did that's that. Uh, in that um, a minstrel? Or uh, well, that's what a, that's what that's what blackface is. Yeah, yeah. That's but he what, did that's, it like a. What's the movie? Bamboozled. Yeah, the Spike Lee joint. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Wrestling in the 80s, boy. Goodness gracious. Well, you can't do wait have... till they fix the uh, the app so I can go look at more wrestling. Well, here's, here's, well, Vince did well... say the N word on TV, Kent. <laughs> that was in the 2000s. So we think, oh, it was so long ago. You got X Pac out here in full blackface. Then you got, the crazy part about this is someone once asked The Rock about it. And about 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 uh, the, the 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 DX kid. Oh, okay. And he was like, "Okay, if you go out there with white lips, it's going to be a problem. But mm. I guess if you're doing it this way, we can we can let it go." All right, Dwayne. I don't. All right, Dwayne. So the the, the full. There's levels to blackface. This is not something I was prepared to discuss today. There's the, <laughs> this doesn't there's, need to be the title. There's either, by the, the there's the, the X Pac Mark Henry version, and there's then there's the minstrel shows that you're talking mm. about. And I guess Brock drew the line at don't go out there with white lips, and we'll let it go. So they didn't, and I wonder if Netflix is going to add it back. Yeah, and and on top of that. With the Rock, uh, didn't Robert why Downey he, Jr. Why do is he the only one that uh, <laughs> that they Robert, asked? Robert Downey Jr. did a movie, Tropic Tropic, Tropic Thunder, Thunder, Tropical Thunder, Tropical Thunder, Tropic Thunder. Yeah. yeah, where he did. I think he was in full on blackface. He was in blackface yeah. about a movie character in the thing doing blackface. I guess. Yeah. So it was acknowledged in the movie that he was in blackface. Yes, yeah, so yeah. acknowledged like like a like yeah, Kyle just said right now. It was acknowledged a lot in the movie. I never watched, and that was that a that was a a to me. Uh, like a uh, a topic of discussion because and I I don't, I don't know necessarily how to feel about because a lot of like comedic actors, black comedic actors, like no, this is this is comedy, and we're looking at it as comedy. It's mm-hmm. it's not disres- He's not being disrespectful. Mm-hmm. He's not trying to like. He's actually making fun of people who try to do this and think that it's okay. Like they. And people, other people were like, nah, it's not okay ever because of the mm-hmm. origins and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I remember that was a, a discussion back and forth. Did you watch Bamboozled? I hadn't seen it. Bamboozled, no. it's kind of hard to find, but it's one of the great Spike Lee movies of all time. Mm. And it's- That's what I've heard. I've heard I it's, think it's Damon Wayans is a oh, wow. producer. 
Okay. He's a television, not not on the movie. He's a television producer in the movie. Uh-huh. And he's trying to put together, we, we see stuff similar to this now. He's trying to put this really thoughtful program together. He's like, just fire me. Let me go. They're like, no, put something else together. So he puts together a minstrel show. And the network goes, ha, ha, we love this. That's crazy. It's the most, it's, it's, That's it's, crazy. he put together the most over the top offensive thing he could find mm-hmm. that he could put together in his mind. And the network he worked for loved it. Mm. That's the whole like plot of the, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's phenomenal. I, yeah. I got to see that. I got to see that. I wonder anybody knows where it's at. Uh, point me in that direction. I, 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 I haven't seen you it before. Might, Cause you might have to go to Amazon. Mm. Yeah, because I don't, I don't think it's out there on the on the platforms unless it got released. Because I know Dope Ones did uh, a, um, he did a like a anniversary thing. Mm-hmm. Like I, I don't know if he did it for Spike or if he just did it on his own. Mm-hmm. But he did an anniversary thing for that. I don't know if it ever like went out on the platforms after that. But I know I watched it a couple years ago, and it was I had to watch it on Amazon in like standard definition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll do it for that one. Speaking yeah. of the dope ones, shout out to the dope ones. Did you see a, uh, a couple weeks ago? He had, you know, he did the thing for the Knicks, the blue mm-hmm. and orange sky. Yeah. That was so that fire. Was fire. Yep, that was so fire. I, I would love to. And I'm sure he can make it happen whenever he has time. He's like the busiest man ever. I'd love to get that Kings one for the house, like a picture, so I can frame it or something like that. Mm-hmm. If he could make another copy, or you know, maybe expand on it, like the way he had the the garden. And the skyline for theirs, and put G one C and the Tower yeah. Bridge and all that. Like, See, I bet that would sell like hotcakes. Too. That's what Donnie does, though. Donnie takes like the germ of an idea, puts it together. He put this one for us together to put into the he Odyssey. Did that one studios. fairly quick. Too. He did, like, because he had to do Drake down the hall mm-hmm. and uh, Ariana Grande, and there's an AC DC one over here. He had to do all of these. Yeah, but the 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 whole collage stuff started when he did. I think it started when he did the Spike Lee thing yeah. just for fun. Yeah. Then Spike was like, "Hey, could you like add to this?" Mm-hmm. And he and then that's when that's when Donnie's like creative juices just went nuts. Right. And I think if you asked him to that, was, to, to, that to one's fire. Touch that one up. No, it's hot. The Knicks one was crazy. Like if I was in New York and I was I, like, you know what's funny? Buddy's front and center on yeah, that. We got to we got to put a couple guys smaller and I can see you know. Siobhan just right there, Shivano. <laughs> So 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 the main the main guys like Chris Chris DeMarcus Mitch Mike and DC up there at the top is that Rudy well, next yeah, to Mitch that's Rudy. that's Rudy and I think there's Bobby Jackson next to him as well is that Keegan below uh, Rudy I can't I tell that, that is think, Keegan yeah it's that either is Keegan. Keegan or Bogey that's no that's Keegan, not though. Bogey. That's it's Keegan. A, there's a glare where I'm at so oh okay no no that's that's it's definitely not Bogey okay. it's Keegan. Um. Yeah, we probably you probably know, do a little. You know where that needs to be. The Golden that One Center. Needs to be at the Golden needs One to be Center. The Golden One Center. That yeah. absolutely needs to be at the Golden One Center. Yeah. That is fire. Absolutely. Yeah. Um. Well, that really got it. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, didn't imagine. I don't even know how we got there either. Some, some got range. Some. 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 <laughs> We've discussed just it, like if we're being honest with ourselves, we've discussed homosexuality in the in the in the hip hop community yes. and blackface today. Yes, in the Sacramento Kings. The yeah, Kings. with with the little King, Doctor Flo will be here soon. 
Right. And a, and a mayoral candidate is on her way in here. She, <laughs> she caught wind of some of these conversations. Is like, hey, you know what? I'm going to turn around, guys. This seemed like a good idea at the Black History Month lunch. Not so much. <laughs> Dr. Flo, we understand. We understand. Uh, oh, man. Sacramento Kings. Uh, we'll take on the Denver Nuggets tonight. De'Aaron Fox still listed as questionable. Uh, but our man Chris Biederman said he was a full participant at shoot-around. Uh, Got to believe that is a good sign uh, for uh, for De'Aaron Fox and the Kings and their hopes of beating the Denver Nuggets for the fourth time. Nuggets haven't played in a couple of days either, I don't no, think. No, right? they hadn't played since Sunday, Sunday either. Uh, maybe they'll be rusty. Hopefully. I don't. I don't know. Probably going to be a little pissed off because well, lost. if if well, there's nothing else Mike Malone wants to do, it's to beat the Kings, yeah. and he hasn't been able to do it all year. He loves, and he's he's going to be pissed. Yeah. They probably had a nine hour practice uh, leading up to the game. <laughs> he said, "We're not losing to the Kings again." God damn it! Um, not I, I had some. I have a discussion, some thoughts that I want to have on Keegan Murray. I'm going to hold uh, off on that just a little bit because we do expect Doctor Flo to come up in here. Uh, pretty soon. It's, I, it's a good idea. Can we talk about just a little NBA thing where my heart kind of stopped last night? Did you see Ann Edwards? Yeah. I said, yeah. yo. I thought the same thing you thought. What? Yep. And I was yep. like, Francis searching yep. my Twitter because I saw it this morning. Oh. Saw it this morning and I just saw that. It was like Ant-Man goes down, prayers up, hope he's okay. Yeah. I was like, yo, did he come back? Did he come back? And then like, I saw another tweet where it's like, "Hey man, looks fine on that yeah. ankle," and he like yeah. dunks on somebody else. Like, yeah, oh yeah, he oh, Denzel. <laughs> like, he oh. the you saw you saw the actual yeah yeah that it just this is a, it just looks like his foot got stuck, mm. like just on the court, and he mm. oh yeah that in the, the way he went down oh I was like, oh no yeah. no good so no I, good, I no bring good. that with the Kings and then he was dunking I was like. I was like, they said it was his ankle. I hope it's not nothing too crazy. But, hey, he might not play on Friday. And then I saw the next tweet where it's like, and man dunks on somebody here in the third quarter. It's like, yeah, oh, and at this point, back. yeah, if, at this point for the Kings, play Friday. Play Friday. Just, back for KG. Yeah, yeah go get Kevin Garnett. <laughs> let him play. Um, find Sam Cassell. Do whatever. You, just let everyone Bring play Bring Sam Friday. Mitchell from All the NBA them. TV. Get him out there. Latrell I believe Sprewell. that's long-arm long Sam Mitchell. Long arm Sam, Sam Perkins. Perkins. Yeah. Long arm Sam Perkins. Yeah, I, I saw long arm Sam Perkins there, and I liar. <laughs> Jesse, what are we what are we pulling up here? Big Perk shouting out Demonte Zabonis. Oh wait hey. a minute! Wait a minute! Hey. Wait a minute! You know who we'll stop what we're doing man. to go to Big That's Perk. Our guy. Here we go. Look, we can make a compelling argument for all guys when it comes down to Jokic, when it comes down to SGA. It could come down to Donovan Mitchell, Luca. Like all these guys are going to put up historical numbers in today's game. Yeah. Hell, if we want to make a case, why are we not saying anything about Sabonis? Mm. Sabonis right now. Hold on. Oh, hold on. oh they're getting a joke. Yeah, they, yeah. Oh, they, they're getting they, a joke. They, they, oh, look, look at look at Zach Lowe. Wipe that stupid look off <laughs> your face. Uh, hold on. He's also leading the league in double doubles. The man is averaging twenty. 13 and 8. Briefly, is, briefly. Just... Better case for Luka Doncic than for Sabonis. I mean, leading the league without Embiid and scoring, and then also giving you almost 9 and 10. That's a triple-double, and the reason that's the reason I why... Sinead, their team is ass. The triple-doubles meant something. Look. 
Like what? Like let's not go to bat for for Luca at this point. And I like Shanae, but no, let's not do that. They're damn near out of the play-in. So so what are we talking about? Better case for Luca. That clip is everything that's wrong with the NBA media nationally or whatever. Because Perk is making good points, or whatever, like talking hoop, like ball or whatever, and they're making faces like, "Are you like what's wrong with you?" Like Perk let, is making sense. Let, let let cut the sound off and let the clip rock again. So we're gonna cut the sound off here, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna walk we're gonna walk through some of the video portion of this mm-hmm. uh, for the radio audience because they're talk they're having an MVP conversation, mm-hmm. and you see Shea, uh, Luca. Uh, on the big screen along with uh, Giannis, and it looked like Nikola Jokic. They're having a discussion about Jason Tatum and and and, and our man Perk uh, with the fresh lineup wants to bring up Sabonis. Now hit pause. The second Zach Lowe's stupid face appears on the screen. As if Kendrick Perkins just said the most ridiculous thing in history <laughs> about the way DeMontis Sabonis is playing. Go ahead, let it rock, because there's two more of these. There is just a, a befuddled. Everybody Zach on the panel. Lowe. Just, just at, pause. Now you got Malika just smirking because Kendrick Perkins is trying to make valid points about the way DeMontis Sabonis is playing this year. Let it rock one more time because look at the look on Abumake's face. Pause. Now it's all just a bunch of jokes. It's all jokes when you bring up the way DeMontis Sabonis is playing for mm-hmm. the Sacramento Kings. All right. Because y'all was, y'all was just coddling Nikola Jokic mm-hmm. when he was doing the same thing. Mm-hmm. I, but I, I, I guess you got to average 30 for it to matter. I guess you got to average 28 for it to matter. <laughs> you average a measly 21, it's not enough. Mm. You want to have a conversation about Luka Doncic and the MVP over Jason Tatum? Stop it. Let, let's, over Jason Tatum? Let's be perfectly clear, and this has nothing. Luka is, is an unbelievable talent. The fact that he's even on that graphic. That's what I'm talking about. Like, are, are you out I'm of your about. mind? That's what I'm talking about. Luca has no business. Zach, Malika, Janae. None. All None. of you. He's got no business even being in this discussion. The team is eighth. Yeah, eighth. You, you, don't, you don't win the MVP at eighth. Y'all pissed and moaned when Russell Westbrook won it at like fourth or fifth right. with, with, with a with a forty eight win team and a in a, in a triple double average. Now you want to talk about oh y'all want Luca to get that damn MVP so bad. Y'all want Luca to get that MVP so freaking bad. If if you if you making any argument about Luca and and mind you, I can say this because. I'm not making the arguments of owners to be in the MVP, be an MVP. I understand they're seventh. Yeah, he's had a phenomenal season. That's right. But I'm not saying he should yeah. be. But since you want to bring in guys like Luka, and that was Perk's point. Exactly. That was exactly. Perk's point. If we're going to make an argument for Luka Doncic, we need to be able to make an argument for Demontis Sabonis. Yeah, and we don't need oh, your stupid it's looks. It's funny. It's ha ha. Okay. Yeah. All right. That clip was everything we've talked about for the last year and a half. It really was. Absolutely. Good find, Jesse. Yeah. That was a good That's find good right stuff. there. That's good stuff. And, and, and like I said, I like all three of them, but they're just they're just flat out wrong. They're wrong. They 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 got they got casual tendencies when you talk about the NBA and talk about what's going on. Like I said, Luca has no business, no business being in this discussion. Wipe him off the board. No business. I don't care if they got to fifth. No business. Because Luka had a great game last night. You know who else had a great game? Kyrie Irving had a great game last night. Yeah. So to sit up here and be like, Luka, Luka ain't carrying them. 
I can make the argument it's Kyrie because their fortunes change when Kyrie start doing stuff. Can you turn around and open that door? Because Doctor oh, yeah. Flo is gonna have a hell of a time. Open the safe. Oh, yeah, Doctor Doctor Flo is. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we're gonna help you out, Doctor Flo. That's a heavy. That's a heavy door over there. That's a heavy door over there. Go. What's up, buddy? You can go go right over there to your spot. Uh, actually, you wanna you wanna step out? We can reset. We can come back and we can hang out with Doctor Flo. That was a good find, Jesse. We're gonna talk more about that. Them little smart ass smirks that they got over there on ESPN. Uh, Doctor Flo was with us. We're gonna talk the city of Sacramento here with Dylan and Casey. Return on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN thirteen twenty. Oh, yeah, we are already deep into this conversation. Dr. Flo, Sacramento mayoral candidate, back in the building with us six days before the election. Before we get to Dr. Flo, what were you trying to go to the store and grab again? Just real quick for the radio audience that missed it. Some tricks. Okay. (laughs) Terrific. Now, this this is what we do when companies here. That's good. Uh, (laughs) This is good. I I was going to say something, but it's going to get the memed again. I don't don't need that. Lean into the memes. I love tricks. <laughs> like we're we're not letting any of this go, right? Like this is. Like, <laughs> I do. Well, good for you. Like I, mm-hmm. everyone in the mm-hmm. family. You know what? We'll, mm-hmm. Sometimes yep. we overshare on this show, Doctor Flo, mm. and this might be a case of <laughs> this might be a case of oversharing. We've learned a lot today. We we have a very uh, unique unique show. We've covered a lot of ground here, yeah. from blackface to homosexuality and hip hop. It's been a wild hour and 16 minutes, I'll tell you that. With a little <laughs> with a little kings uh sprinkled in here. Um we're 6 days away from the election. We are. I said now I'm 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 fascinated to find out what your schedule is like, but we were talking about food and where we shop. That's where the, you know, the joke about the cereal came in and um we were talking about how high the cost of living is and I said to you, "Look, you've got to address this. You've got to fix this." Because we're going to get you all the way to the White House. <laughs> and you you had quite the response to that. Yes. Uh, so, you know, <laughs> I, I recognize the irony of saying this when I was very, you know, initially opposed to running for, for mayor. And they say that you have to ask women seven times to run for office. And I feel like I was asked probably somewhere between 700 and 7,000 times and said no to all but the very last ask, which was my friend Kula and, and her husband Bobby. Um, but I, I like local politics. I like and I I feel like there's so much attention that is paid to the national um, politic. But the saying is all politics are local. Mm -hmm. And this is the place where we can reach out and touch. Yesterday I was, you know, at Grant High School talking to the seniors Mm -hmm. about the importance of voting. Um, You know, I'm I'm able to come to community events when people reach out. I can I can myself respond to emails. Right. Mm -hmm. I can, you know, sit down and have coffee with people. And for an extrovert like me, that's the fulfilling part. Like, I think that you should find a role that gives to you, especially if it takes a lot from you. Mm -hmm. And so I'm really interested in local politics. I'm really interested in being in this arena. I've realized how much fun I'm having on the campaign trail, in part because the pandemic, you know, isolated us each other. And so it's been nice to knock on doors and hear people's stories and meet their pets and just have this like, and and I had this amazing experience near the court two weeks ago where I found this, like the rural part of Sacramento and there was a horse farm on the street that I was knocking. And then there were peacocks and then I, then, you know, there were chickens and then there were the dogs. And it was just like, 
the, just the beauty of being able to sit down and have conversations with people about their lives. And, you know, your congressional reps and your president don't get to do that in the same way. So I really don't think that that speaks to my soul in the same way. And I think there really is an untapped power to local politics. And I I want to be a part of that. Uh, we'll get you there. <laughs> what she just said. Regardless me, of what you want. We'll get you there. <laughs> it reminds me of uh, it may have these places in Sacramento, but. Like I don't think it's a secret or nothing like that, but in the heart of Compton, you know you can walk around a horse. Mm-hmm. You can ride a horse. Yep. Yep. And there's like a, I don't know if it's all in Compton, but there's a you can ride around in a horse like it's John Wayne or something like that. And you would you would That's never. That's what I associate Compton with. <laughs> Wayne. Yeah. Well, well, they did you... that show about um, the, was it a movie or was it a show? I admittedly didn't see it, but it had Idris Elba in it, and it was like about the cowboy Philadelphia. And I'm from Pennsylvania. The harder they fall. Yeah. The harder they fall. No, yeah. Was it that one? That, that's the only cowboy movie I, I it know. It was a Idris cowboy, but I thought there was, an, and maybe it wasn't Idris that was in it. Maybe I'm mixing up my westerns. But they're about like urban cowboys in Philly. I don't, I'm, I'm not a movie no, guy, I, I, but I, I, yeah, I, 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 now we're going to have to figure this out. I'm a Google. We got to figure this out. But like you saying like, hey, I found this spot in Sacramento where they got, you yeah. would never know, you know what I mean, unless... You're out there in the, in the street. No, really. And and most people there had like a half acre to an acre of property. Mm. And so there was just all of this outdoor space. And I, you know, I, I wasn't, I, that was not an area. And it was right near a place that I had gone, the courtyard. Mm. But it was just tucked away. And there was just, you hear this like enclave of people living a much more rural life, but still within the city limits. It was yeah. amazing. They are saying Is it, it is concrete or, cowboy? Well, it might be. That might be it. That sounds right. That Idris, it, it, he, he was in concrete fact Idris Alba. Yeah. Okay. In I'm, Philly. I missed this one. I, yeah, yeah. Because I Googled. Yeah. I was really worried about what was going to. I Googled, uh, uh, what was it? Black Cowboys in Philadelphia. Yes, because, uh, you know, there's always a, there there's always is. the X-rated version that, well, when you Google. Well, so you have to be careful. Starring Sean Combs. The true oh, story geez. of Black Cowboys of Philadelphia depicted in Concrete yes. Cowboys. Yes. <laughs> oh, I guess add this to my watch list. I, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I haven't watched it. I, I just saw like a trailer one time and I was like, huh, you know, my mom is from Philly and I never knew that <laughs> there were cowboys in Philly. And then here we have a whole horse farm and I got to have a nice long conversation with the woman who owns the horse farm. She's 76. Um, and she was just talking to me about how she acquired the horses and how her daughter comes by and helps her with them. And mm. they were beautiful. Yeah, that, that tripped me out. When I saw that in comp, like it's mm-hmm. not even like they're on the side of they have the same rights to the yep. the road that you're on. So you could be driving, mm-hmm. and this cowboy's here with his with his horse, and they doing whatever they need to do. Yeah. I was like, what how come that didn't on? make any John Singleton movies? <laughs> That's a good question. You know, poetic justice. The the you know the 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 mail truck pulls up next to a <laughs> next to a horse. It would have been a great cameo. It would have been tremendous. Been amazing. Like, even and those that focus. know. Would get it. Yeah, they'd be like, mm-hmm. oh, this is what happens. Yeah. Yeah, this is what happens around here. Would yep. you would you say when you talk about you you like local politics mm-hmm. as opposed to national politics, which is where we're gonna get you regardless of how you <laughs> feel. <laughs> Facts. Um, you know, consent is sexy, guys. You know, I'm just saying I, I should probably consent to what you want to do with my <laughs> life. <laughs> you could do it. You could do it. You got hey, this. there's <clears throat> there were rumors that the previous mayor of Sacramento had sites on the bigger picture. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. we'll just keep you from screwing up That's like right. he did. That's we'll, we'll, we'll get you we'll get you uh we'll get you running the free world. Do you feel you, you kind of spoke of why you feel that way, but do you feel like 
you can have more of a impact on the day-to-day people's lives mm-hmm. in the local politics as opposed to national. I don't want to sit up here and say that stuff doesn't matter mm-hmm. or anything like that, but would you say that would you find that it doesn't affect the day-to-day life of the common people the same way local policies and, and local government does. Yeah, I mean, what I said to, you know, the seniors at, at Grant yesterday is that there are about 400 kids in their senior class. Mm-hmm. And I was like, the, you know, the race for county supervisor was decided decided by around 330 votes or so, mm-hmm. right? So you, and that's not to say your vote at the national level doesn't matter, but it is combined with a lot more votes. And so we have not seen, you know, a presidential election decided by 334 votes, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas because we have the Electoral College and there are all these other things in place. But at the local level, your individual vote really matters. Mm-hmm. And you can have conversations with people. You can work directly with them. And I'm public health, so I enjoy the part where yeah. communities get to come together and be a part of their own success, where yeah. they get to be leaders in the decisions that are being made mm-hmm. and get to really influence and, and have esteem as part of like we built this we did this we solved this and that becomes harder to do the higher up you go those decisions are still important Mm -hmm. but they're not they're not as collaborative because you simply can't because you have so many people in your district and you can't work with people in the same way and so i really do believe that you know part of finding your groove is finding a lane that really works for what what pleases you and what what meets you know your particular like love and I love people um that's not just something that you know you say all like anybody who knows me well knows I really enjoy people um I I always say I very rarely met a stranger I call them pre-friends because we're just in the pipeline of becoming you know part of my life and I and I always learn things and I think I just appreciate the richness that it brings to my life and so that love of people is what really attracts me to the local politic is being able to actually make a difference in people's lives mm-hmm. and to do it with them. We're six days away from the election. We saw you, I think it was last Thursday, the Black History Month yes. lunch for the Sacramento Kings. Yes. And obviously you're here with us today. I don't imagine like you're going home and grabbing a sandwich and putting your feet up and relaxing the rest of the day. Like what do the next six (laughs) days look like for you leading into the election on Tuesday? Yeah, there are tons of events and tons of door knocking and connecting with voters. So, you know, my team will be um, making you know phone calls tonight and tomorrow to voters to um, connect with them, to answer questions and to make sure people remember to turn in their ballots. We are predicting a historic low in terms of people participating in the election. Part of it is precisely what we just talked about. The attention on national politics Mm -hmm. makes it so that that's what people think is on their ballot. Mm -hmm. And people just don't tend to pay as much attention to what's happening at the local level. So when you see Trump versus Biden and it's a primary, you're like, eh, Right. Um, and I hope that doesn't happen as well in November, but it's it's likely to, you know, to to kind of influence people's motivation to show up. Mm-hmm. So we are trying to uh, make sure people know that on their ballot are some some major decisions that need to be made at the local level about who's going to be representing us, whether that's in the assembly, um, whether that's, you know, in, in your county supervisors races or whether that's mayor and and council members for, you know, the city of Sacramento and some of the other surrounding cities. So that's what we're calling on Wednesday and Thursday to do. And then 
Saturday, Sunday, and Monday, we are going to be out door knocking <laughs> every single day, rain or shine. Um, when it rains, it you know makes it harder for the volunteers, but lots of people are home. So we get lots of open rates <laughs> when people are home. But we're going to be reminding people again to vote and to participate in this and answering questions. And so that's really what the next like six days are going to be about, that and attending lots of events, um, making sure you know our digital ads are out. So if you're watching Google or, uh, or Hulu or, um, or on Instagram or Facebook, hopefully you're seeing our ads um, and just reminding everybody you know to remember to vote Um, no matter who they're voting for voting is important because it's your way of being able to decide what happens in the community around you dr flo i want to ask you a question that maybe you can help answer for people who feel like what i'm about to say Mm -hmm. i think and and i i don't subscribe to this but i do understand it Mm -hmm. you know i can hear people who would say I'm not voting because, or I'm not that interested in voting because politics is exactly that. It's politics. You're going to tell me what I need to hear to get my vote. Mm -hmm. And then when things actually need to be decided on, you're going to forget what you told me, or you're not going to hold up your end of the bargain. So whether it's you or this candidate or that candidate, I'm not voting for any of you guys because it's just a game. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Once again, I I think it's I understand that it's more than that, but I understand some people are jaded oh, and it. feel that way. What would you tell them about the voting process and specifically about if you were elected mayor? Yeah. So first, I would say I get it, and I have felt very much the same way that sometimes my choices are constrained. Um, and to that, I would say one: if it's in your heart to be able to put yourself out there and be on the ballot, you should, uh, because the system operates the way it does. Like. If we do what we've always done, we'll get what we've always gotten. Um, And the system operates the way it does, in part because of the rules that we have around it. Like, it is expensive to run for mayor. Um, And, you know, in my race, I'm not taking corporate money. So that means that I have to call everybody I've ever known in my life and ask them to contribute to my campaign. And that is hard, right? I mean, we don't typically, most of us don't go into sales because we don't love asking people for money. We especially don't want to be in a position where we have to ask all the people we know for money. So that's what makes this hard is that we don't have public financing for campaigns um, and that sort of thing. But I sat down when I first decided to run and wrote out my values, what I was standing for and why I was running. And I wanted to be able to sleep at night knowing I ran a good campaign that represented me and that I didn't sell myself out Mm -hmm. and that I'm really representing people and that I was going to be honest and true to who I am. And so I know that for the people who are getting to know me at first, they're like, all right, we'll see, you know, or I don't know about this. And that's where they are. And I have to accept that I'm going to have to apologize and build bridges that I did not destroy. Mm -hmm. Um, But that is part of the job. And I think Having more people who have the perspective of, I really love this community. I think we can do better. I'm willing to imagine a a future that's different from the one that we have, I think is part of what changes the process. But if we sit back and say, ah, that's not for me, then you end up with people who don't have your best interests at heart running and continuing to be in these positions and who aren't going to do things the way that, you know, you would do if you were really rooted in community. And so part of being a people-powered campaign is also accountability. All the people who knocked doors for me and made phone calls for me and contributed to my campaign, and there are thousands of them. I have more contributors than any other person in this race that I'm running for. I have more endorsements than anybody else in this race. I have more volunteers than anybody else in this race. And so all of those people are what tethers me to the ground and won't make me fly away, right? Won't make that tempting, you know, ooh, there's some money over here. Let's change your mind about this. Be as enticing because I am tethered to the community that I want to represent. And so I think it is possible to run in a way that 
is going to be helpful. And I understand people's skepticism and I may not be able to change everyone's minds in the next six days, but hopefully over the next four to eight years, I will get a chance to change their minds and help to restore trust. And part of the reason I'm not taking corporate money is because I want people to see that there are options that are trustworthy and that we can sit down together and make decisions and govern our city without having to sell out. I want to make sure, too, everyone's completely understanding of what's going on next Tuesday. You win the election. You don't become mayor Tuesday. No. Um, if So next Tuesday is the March election. Um, some people refer to it as a primary, but in this case, it's not necessarily. Mm-hmm. If any one of the candidates gets 50 percent or more of the vote, it's over and we win outright. But nobody takes office until December. If not, then the top two, if nobody crosses that 50 percent right. threshold, even if you get 48.8 percent, uh, if nobody crosses 50 percent, then the top two go to November and do a runoff. What if it's 49.8? I don't think they round up. I think you have to. Oh, they don't one. round up. No, oh, they don't believe in math. That's no. a killer. So yeah, so they lied to us in school. So <laughs> that's that's why it is so important to to vote because you know I we're on a sports show. So here's what I've been saying to everybody: Look, MJ never played to be the AC. You play to win. So people Talk keep about talking it, about yeah. what's going to happen in November, and I'm like, you got a birthday in November? I have a birthday in November. Are we doing run to feed the hungry? Because as far as I'm concerned, I. This election ends in March when we win. Let's so yeah, yeah. so let's go let's let's play to win. Like no I'm not playing to 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 be the runner up. Like I I'm playing I'm you know, I'm running to win it, to have a winning campaign. Oh, let's get to fifty plus. Yes. Yeah, let's get to fifty plus yes. for sure. You you said something that sparked a, reminded me of an article I read a couple of days ago about it was about the November election mm-hmm. and you spoke about, you know, Biden versus Trump. And that's likely what it's going to be, which is a, probably an entirely different, fascinating conversation to have. But we did the I'm not going to go vote like I hate both of these people. Mm-hmm. We did that. Anybody remember how it ended? Bad. So we went the completely opposite direction the next election. And it seems this one, the November one. No one can get a feel for what exactly is about to happen. Mm -hmm. Is it a repeat of 2016 in terms of turnout, not in terms of in terms of uh, 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 turnout that we had in 2016 or the one we had in 2020? And the fact that no one can get a feel for that is frightening. I feel like it's closer to 2016. Yeah, it's it's hard to tell in part because, you know, there's a lot of time between now and November. Um, And in the same way that, you know, so I was one of the few people who predicted a Trump presidency in 2016. I know a lot of people didn't believe it was possible, but I said probably in May, like, he's going to win this election, y'all. And everybody was like, no, there's no way. And I was like... I know America, he's going to win this election. And I honestly thought Trump was going to be a two-term president. And I think the only reason he wasn't is because COVID became so bad that people were like, okay, this is no longer, and I don't mean for everybody it was funny, but for a lot of people who were shielded from the impact, they were like, this is no longer funny. Like, people are dying. Our businesses and schools are shut down. We need a, we need a real adult in the room to be able to handle this. Well, the crazy thing, like people, I know this is not an original thought. Trump in March of 2020 throws on a mask and says, hey, y'all, just rock these for a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. That dude's in office today. Yes, exactly. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm saying. Like, the, the pandemic was the X factor mm-hmm. that I could not have predicted. I said Trump's going to win in 16 and he's going to be a two-term president. Mm-hmm. I did not expect a global pandemic. I expect him to handle it so poorly because even when there were ideological differences, 
generally speaking, when it came to thing health, people yeah. kind of rallied around like our, our national like shutting said, down the entire world. <laughs> right. Like, yes, that was going to be a big thing. But then also like usually together and said, like, look, here's what you do to protect yourself. And mm-hmm. instead out here telling people to take ivermectin and bleach and all these other things and just behaving in ways that were really reckless while millions of people were dying. Mm-hmm. And so I think for a lot of people, it went from, gee, this is embarrassing to this is unacceptable. And that's what what 20 happened. And I think now we have distance from 2020. And I think now people are going, eh, it's not so bad. And so I, 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 I really don't know what will happen because, again, you know, we had a global pandemic sneak up on us <laughs> four years ago. So, you know, anything could happen between now and November. But if things continue the way that they are, I am worried that turnout will be low and that, Trump's base is a really motivated base and they will show up. Unfortunately, because of the Electoral College, they're distributed in the right states mm. to be able to have more influence. That's really the challenge yeah. is and, the Electoral College. And, like, and, and I feel a lot of the times, for better or for worse, a lot of these elections nowadays are more so based on whatever group feels motivated to do something, right? right? Like with um, President Obama, mm-hmm. we're like, this is our guy. This is our opportunity. Yep. We will not be denied. Yep. Came out in droves. In 16, I don't think any, I don't, well, Hillary didn't inspire anybody. And there was this kind of divide between Hillary and Bernie. There was the young guys wanted Bernie, mm-hmm. older people wanted Hillary, and there was a divide there, but nobody was really inspired. There was a side that was inspired, though, the side that wanted Trump. Then in 2020, there was inspiration to get him out. Now, this year, I don't, nobody's enamored with President Biden. Um, I, even, even Trump's base, in my opinion, it's not as strong as it was. Mm-hmm. And I think, all, I, I'm saying all that to say, I think that's what's going to affect the turnout because a lot of the times it's, it's a glorified popularity contest. Who can inspire the most people yeah. to come out there and vote for him? And right now, I don't think there's in, any inspiration on either side, really. Well, the good news is, if you're correct, that Biden could just overthrow the government, attempt to overthrow the government, and <laughs> everything will be fine. Everything will be fine. I, I hate that's be, the good news. There'll be no consequences <laughs> no. for it whatsoever. No. So there's always that. You know, the cynical side of my brain says, yes, there will be, because Biden overthrowing the government would include a lot of people who don't look like the people who tried to overthrow the no. government for Trump. No. And that we we have a history of not been, applying yeah. equal consequences for similar behavior. That'd have been the first time the White House was nuked. Right. <laughs> just, just drop a bomb on Pennsylvania; it'd be fine. <laughs> and that. Um. So six days. What's the message? The message is. Please vote. Um, The message is, you know, find your ballot and turn it in. We have a lot on the ballot. And I forgot to mention, and thanks to whoever said it in the comments, um, that we also have a U.S. Senate race. Um, And I think especially because I'm on this show, we have the ability to elect what would be the only black woman in the Senate, Um, the person who has shown time and time again the courage to do what's right even when it's not popular. Uh, When, you know, the vote in 2001 to go, you know, to do the the Middle East war was taken, like she was the, Mm. the only singular 
opposing vote. And we all now know 20 years later that that was the right decision. And so Barbara Lee is amazing and she deserves to have, you know, our support and to be rewarded for, you know, being a consistent voice um, and being someone who, who shows up regularly. Um, I would say, you know, think about the things beyond just president that are on your ballot. There are propositions and measures. Um, one of them is Prop 1, which could change how we spend the millionaire's tax, which is known as the Mental Health Services Act, um, and how we spend those dollars. It's important to, to look and see you know, how you might feel about that. Locally in Sacramento, the business operations tax is also on the ballot. Um, so people you know, who may be affected by that may want to think about, like, is this something that we want? Yeah, why are you talking about props? Can I tell people to read that book? Like, props, <laughs> yes. props can be super, super confusing. Like KC and I are of the belief, obviously we're a, a bit biased on this. That's why the sports gambling props didn't pack because there were like yeah. two of them. It would just turn everybody's were, brain into a pretzel. Like, they, yeah, they were the really place. confusing to understand. And you couldn't watch a Kings game. You couldn't watch anything, especially on a stream last election cycle, without back-to-back sports gambling props commercials mm-hmm. airing. Yep. And it became like, what, wait a minute, I didn't even... It took reading and read to figure out which one am I supposed to vote for. Mm-hmm. Yep. And those props can be really, really. You have to know before going. Don't try to read them in the booth. No, no. You got to read that little book that comes yeah, in the yeah. mail so you understand yeah. what's going on. Yeah, yeah. It, it, and 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 unfortunately, Proposition One is like seventy-eight pages. Um, so, you know, to be able to read it. So it's helpful to also look at some of the organizations you trust mm-hmm. uh, and where they fall on it and their digest on it. Um, so I would say, you know, there's a lot on the ballot and not just the mayor's race, although I have a personal invested interest in the Sacramento mayor's race because I am one of the candidates um, and I hope that I am your preferred candidate. And what I would say is, you know, I'm running against people who have been in office while our homelessness numbers went from twenty five hundred to ten thousand. I they are, you know, recycling some of their same talking points about how we need to do more of what has failed. We have moved people block to block without identifying where they can go. And it does not solve the problem. It just makes what was a problem for one person now a problem for somebody else and also a problem for the person who got moved um, because they still don't have a place to go. And so we need real solutions. I think we need a public health approach to what to the entire city, which means thinking about the system. What are we trying to achieve? How are we working together to do it? How are we pulling together resources, even if it's not the city's own money, but it's the business community and the nonprofits and the neighborhood associations and the people who live here? Because I say all the time, you know, 30,000 people wake up early to do Run to Feed the hungry every Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. This is a community of people who care. And if we all know what the goal is, we'll all work together towards that goal. And I think mm-hmm. we can exceed it. And so I am inviting everybody into this because, as I mentioned, I love people and I think that we can govern well together. And I would love to be able to have the opportunity to partner with all of you truly to be able to govern the city, to be able to take advantage of your experience, your lived experience, and also your professional expertise to be able to solve some of the challenges of Sacramento and to have a vision for what the future looks like in this great city because Sacramento is nobody's, you know, second choice. We are not, we are a great city and we deserve to think of ourselves that way, to be governed that way and to be a priority. And that is my priority. You know, either, either way, congratulations. Thank you. On a phenomenal campaign. Thank that you. Made people think, made people talk. And hopefully this is just the beginning. You know what I mean? But uh, I know either way we're going plus 50. Let's go. Going plus 50. Let's go. That's what we're doing. Yeah. We're also getting requests in the chat for uh, Dr. Flo to have an MVP vote. 
<laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we need to have that for we got, sure. We got questions. We need to have that for sure. Did you ever uh, you get those tickets back or like what's what's going on? Man? I have not. I'm, I'm, my plan is to go in with some folks to have yeah. some tickets for next year. Um, but I, I, I have not gotten tickets yet. I somebody just... told me I was talking to somebody and they like got somebody to call them back about uh, tickets they were interested in. Two tickets. Oh, that's yeah, they're a pricey. lot of money. I, I regret that's giving mine up because they 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 go up. It's when harder you're to not, get back in. Yeah, yeah, it's hard to get back in. Yeah, uh, we don't have a lot of time. Do you have any thoughts on uh, Kenny's love for Ronald Reagan? I don't love Kenny. Ronald Reagan. What? what, are, what? what I, I know why some of the like Latinos who came to the country and other mm-hmm. just immigrants in general who came man. to the yep. country, yep. Um, while you know under Reagan have a real love for him. So mm-hmm. I, I like I appreciate I, I get the human tendency to like people who do something nice for you. Yeah, there, I guess I'm curious to know your story right. on why there, you like there, Reagan. Don't we are to this man. There's nothing about me that likes Ronald Reagan. No, I, I so so no. Dilo, why are you telling me that he does? <laughs> no, no, the entire look. No, look at, the, don't listen the to entire, any of these people. The entire chat was witness to the day that he just randomly brought up Ronald Reagan for no reason, leading no, into the Super Bowl. There was a reason. I can't remember what it was because I it just, was his inauguration, the day of the Super Bowl. The Niners beating the Dolphins. Anyways. Only one person has ever brought up Ronald Reagan in four years, and it was Kenny. We just and it was on a, a movie. Do you that like I his saw. acting? That's what that seems to be what the chat is maybe, saying. Maybe once again, there's nothing about Ronald Reagan that I like. Not one thing. Okay, all right. Okay, well, because I because I would say like he is responsible for I mean, basically what? dismantling the, oh, the yeah. mental health system in California. Well, he dismantled a lot. Yeah. Okay. I just you know and 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 denying the AIDS crisis and allowing it to get worse. I mean you know there's don't Kenny, listen to the media, Kenny, Doctor Flo. Kenny, just say no. Don't even just, don't, just, don't listen to this man. Just say at no all. when it comes to Ronald Reagan. Oh just say no. Doctor Flo, good luck. <laughs> Thank We're going you. fifty plus on Tuesday. Let's, let's do go. It. Let's, let's do go. It. Let's do go. It. Uh, we'll come back. We'll get this show on track. We'll talk Kings <laughs> basketball. We'll talk Keegan Murray. We do the one case you return see you here. Leaving before I get a chance to do that. We're back in here. Uh, shout out Doctor Flo uh, for spending some. Doctor Flo stayed through the commercial break. To do you want to stay and talk Kings basketball? I feel like you don't want to leave. You don't have to leave if you don't want. To. <laughs> if you got some, if you got some Keegan Murray takes, you want to fire off. Please, by, by, by all means, we would be respectful of your time. Here. I I will let you all go because right. I do I do need to get back and I need an right. hours, but I appreciate right, it. I, I mean, I, I I do have some takes, but no, I, I'm 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 I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm due. You know where we're at. Yeah, you know yeah. the number. Come you, pull up on us. You 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 you. <laughs> You welcome in here for sure. Yeah, you go ahead and 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 walk Dr. Flo out there as we get ready for the Sacramento Kings, the Denver Nuggets uh, tonight. The Sacramento Kings look to get back on track. Not a lot of movement in the Western Conference last night, except for the fact that the Pelicans moved up to the fifth spot. And I said when the show started, starting to have some feelings about the New Orleans Pelicans. And then we got the stat from Will Z. The the or Will sent us the note about the teams and their records against five, uh, under 500 teams and the Pelicans are the how do I, they're the highest seeded team with the worst win percentage against teams below 500 and this all started of course cuz Will was it actually started with the New York Knicks and the Knicks were 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 something absurd they're like 23 and 2 against teams below 500 which tells you tells you their record against, uh, with, with teams above 500 and we started just looking at this Sacramento was 15 and 5 and we tracked all the, the losses down to be uh Portland, Detroit, Charlotte and then the other two were Houston 
Uh, and those are the five losses for the Sacramento Kings below 500 teams uh, this year. But the Pelicans are the ones that confusing. They have a win percentage of .65 and a 17-9 and record in their 26 games below against teams below 300. And I was saying, Casey, I'm going to look at the Pelicans a certain way. And you started, started talking about them yesterday, and I think this is part of the reason why. It's like when you, it's like those paintings when some oh, there's something hitting in this painting. Oh, and man, you, those things used to – I, I couldn't do the same thing as somebody else. Or not right away. I'd but then someone points it out. Yeah. The only thing you can see. Right. And you had it like, how did you not see that? It's right. <laughs> how did I not see that? It's right there. I felt like that watching a little bit of the Pelicans and the Knicks last night. Part, I think the Knicks are pretty good. I have some questions on that <laughs> record that, 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 that uh, Lee threw out there. Mm-hmm. But it's like, hey, like, what? The, the Pelicans aren't really missing anything. Like, they've got a lot of. You know they got Sopship and CJ. You've got you've got Zion. I think Ingram sprained his ankle last night. But we were talking about Ant Man. Turned the game. Yeah, I think I think I think Ingram was a little banged up last night. But you look at that team, like man, they got they got stars. They got potential superstars. You got the chip with CJ. You, you know you got 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 a solid coaching staff. Maybe Casey's right. Maybe this team will kind of start to separate themselves a little bit and firmly become one of those that are going to be in the in the top six of the Western Conference. Um, but just not a ton of movement uh, last night. I think the Pelicans play again tonight, if I'm not yeah, mistaken. They yeah, they got the Pacers. Yeah. yeah, they got the Pacers tonight. Go Tyrese. Go Tyrese. Uh, day before your birthday. Let's yeah. go, Ty. Let's get it in. Uh, Jesse asked before the show, he threw some notes uh, into the rundown that, that that got me thinking you know, about the Kings overall here as we head into this crucial stretch of basketball and this every. Every game moving forward is going to be a part of a crucial stretch of basketball. Overall, we could talk about inconsistencies of the team or whatever. Overall, how do we feel about Keegan Murray? How do we feel about year two of Keegan Murray, 50-some-odd, nearly 60 games into his second season? Overall, feel feel good. I think he's he's done. Hit expectations. Exceeded expectations, or just fine, just fine. Hmm. I don't think he's exceeded expectations. Well, well, that's why I say it. I'm gonna just say I'm, I feel good about him because offensively, I wouldn't say he exceeded expectations, but he has shown so much defensively that I didn't think he was necessarily capable of this year. So being a two-way player, being a true two-way player, um, he's exceeded the expectations on that for me personally. I thought he. I feel like he's exceeded my defensive expectations. Um, he's proven. We saw it the other night. He can be a. He can probably be a little bit more explosive of a scorer. Mm. Then maybe, and we've seen it a couple of times this season. It started in the California Classic, mm-hmm. the prestigious California yes. Classic, yes. Uh, where it was like, oh, okay. Now, how much of that is really going to translate? Who knows? Mm. But he's had games this year where it's like, yo, this dude is the real, this dude could be like the real deal on the offensive end. He has a role on this team, and that's that's difficult for his offensive game on a night to night basis in that. You know, you have Domas. Domas isn't going to eat first, but Domas is going to – it might not always be Keegan. It might be Herter. It might be Trey Lyles. It might be Malik Monk. It might be De'Aaron Fox. He's going to find the guy, and that seems to be priority one for DeMontis Sabonis is to find the guy. Mm-hmm. 
De'Aaron is going to do whatever he feels in the moment because De'Aaron knows. De'Aaron knows I'm a, I'm a, whole, I'm a whole vibe right now. I've got, I've got mm-hmm. everything under control. Keegan's game is a little bit more of, okay, I'm just going to kind of – I'm going to be where I'm supposed to be. Mm-hmm. And then whatever De'Aaron does, whatever Domas says, I'm going to be there. And Keegan, you know, went nuts the other night. He hit a series of threes in a row. I think it was Will Z that tweeted, I don't want anyone other than Keegan Murray shooting the ball the rest of the game. Well, and then the problem with that, I talked about on the handoff, the problem with that after that last three he made was I don't think he touched the ball for another three, four minutes. Mm-hmm. And I think there is uh, everybody involved deserves blame for that one. Keegan for not, you know, asking for the basketball. Yeah. And, it, and it was kind but, of, I say that to say it's a microcosm of his season. And we saw that. Earlier this year, yeah, he had 33. Was it Miami? He had 33 against. Might have been, yeah. He had a big game against Miami. Uh, that's, that's probably the one you're thinking of. But it's a microcosm of the season. And everybody has a little bit of fault in that. Keegan's got to be a little bit more assertive, mm-hmm. asking you know, or demanding. Can you imagine? Looks. Can you imagine? <laughs> hey! Give me the ball! Hey, bro! I'm the hottest dude Look, out here. They, you know. Looking at De'Aaron like. Hey, I can't. I I need to see it. One. You know, you know what uh, that would be. Have you ever seen the memes when like I forgot like what the what the reasoning for is, but they show like Obama and they show him with like a crisp fade with waves, uh, earring, and like tattoos or whatever, and they're like, "This would be Obama," you know, being assertive or something like that. That's Keegan. Like if Keegan, if Keegan was assertive, you'd have a picture of him with a uh, tattoo sleeve. Yeah, he'd have the earring and all this other stuff. Because yeah. now he didn't just switched up on him. Yeah, but um, he's got to be more assertive in those situations. Keegan showing up to camp with a sleeve is amazing. <laughs> just the thought of it is amazing. He's got to be more assertive. Mike Brown and that coaching staff. Hey, run, run something to make sure he's. Getting getting the ball in that so, situation, but to I I'm I'm with you 100. percent But in the situation the other night, the Kings kept scoring, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like De'Aaron. That's when like the game got close, close, and De'Aaron got aggressive. Mm-hmm. And so I don't have as much fault in that situation as I did the previous one. Particularly, too, because I didn't think De'Aaron was settling for anything. Mm-hmm. De'Aaron was like, okay, we're here. And he was to the basket, to the basket, to the basket, to the basket. So I have, I, I, I get the sentiment of just give the ball back to Keegan, give, give the ball back to Keegan. But they weren't lost possessions like they were in the, in the previous game where they just continued to work the ball around the perimeter and other guys were shooting except the hottest guy on the floor. Right, right. Not, no, you're, you're... I don't disagree with the idea of be more in those moments – do that. Yeah. And I and I'm looking for I talked about Coach Brown and all them you know, running something for him. But I'm also looking at the guys on the court. Keegan didn't hit a couple of threes all net, fall away. Like the last one that he had hit at that moment was like one where he he got a bad pass, had to jump up and get it, made sure his feet were set behind the line, falling back a little bit. Somebody hit him on the leg, he thought he got fouled. Pure. Did not touch anything uh, uh, outside of the bottom of the net. He was clearly on fire mm-hmm. at that point. Mm-hmm. And I think they got a steal or a turnover or whatever. And I'm looking in that moment, hey, yeah. run some dribble handle, get him the ball. He is on fire right now. 
And I think that coincided with he didn't shoot the ball again, it felt mm-hmm. like, for, for three, four minutes. So I'm trying to look. He had a – he hit a – yeah, I think this is about the time. So he hit a three-pointer. He hit a three-pointer uh, with 631 to go that gave him his 26 point. He didn't shoot again. Is this correct? So maybe is this one, two minutes and 11 seconds to go? Mm. I think I'm reading this right. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll do you one better. I'll pull up the game here. He didn't. He, he hit the shot. I, like I said, I think he hit that three. Um, to 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 get the lead to eight, I believe, and he didn't. That was with six thirty one to go, and I don't think he took another shot. It's either if I'm reading this right until one thirty eight to go, or two eleven. Uh, no, you were right, and you know how he got it there, a steal. Mm, that's right, steal in the dunk. Right, like that. I, it just feels like in that situation that can't happen. Now the Kings were still scoring some points. They got it to within four or something like that. That was but the I, that was the basket that got it to within four. Yeah. Was that Keegan Murray steal and dunk? So, Is that what he ended with? Yeah, I think he ended with that. that. Was it? Yeah, twenty eight. I'm gonna track down. Ooh, man, you're right. Holy cow, I'm tracking. And down. I think the very next. It, that would be even harder to pull up. But right after that um, that last three that he hit, I think they got a steal or something. 633, he hits a three to make it 106 to 98. Mm-hmm. And De'Aaron uh, pick and roll on the next play. He hit the shot, I believe, huh? De'Aaron hit his uh, shot. De'Aaron hit the shot. Yeah. Um, this, this, oh, so to, to your to your point, uh, though, but again, they, they Fox, did keep scoring. Like yeah. those guys who were shooting, I think on the they scored on the next three or four possessions. I think in a row, yeah. De'Aaron Fox spot up jumper, Kevin Herter transition, uh, uh, shot to the basket, De'Aaron short jumper, De'Aaron uh, transition jumper, De'Aaron. Uh, De'Aaron missed that one. He missed the. Uh, he missed. It must have been like the fourth shot after. But your point. Your point of of they didn't get the. Some of them are transition baskets, so mm-hmm. it's a little bit harder. There's not as much. Remember, the Miami was struggling at that point, mm-hmm. so there wasn't as much half court offense in that. And De'Aaron got the ball in those transition plays. De'Aaron, with the exception of one, Herder got it. Mm-hmm. De'Aaron every time was attacking the basket. And like you said earlier, they were making shots. I think yeah. they went the next four or five possessions scoring yep. uh, every time down. So um, it worked out in that respect. But I just I just remember in that moment, I would have been like, yo, let me feed Keegan. Like I said, I think they got a steal or something like that. And they were in a little bit of a transition, a delayed break. Mm-hmm. And I was like, yo, find Keegan, hit him with a cross court, or get a dribble handoff so he can get another shot up right now because this guy's on fire. And – it didn't happen that way. So there was a there was a play. It's one fourteen one oh eight. De'Aaron turns the ball over. He kind of gets stripped. You can see him. Obviously, I don't know. I'm reading into De'Aaron here. He tries to swipe through. You could see him kind of pick his head up a little bit right before the ball gets swiped. Keegan is all by himself. 
mm-hmm. in the opposite corner. Mm-hmm. Just watching this, I've not discussed this with De'Aaron Fox. He's going to the basket knowing, again, there's no one near Keegan. Right. Anyone close to him is closing in on him because he's hit three of his last four shots in the in the key. Right. He's going to Keegan, who's just kicking it Buddy Heald style, or at least the way Buddy Heald <laughs> thinks he was, <laughs> in the corner. <laughs> Shout out, buddy, man. Are we bringing back the daily buddy slander of the day? I'm all for it. You have access to this app, right? This, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. let's make sure. Yeah. Uh, you're listening to D-Lo and Casey on KIFM West Sacramento, KRXQ, HD2 Sacramento, ESPN 1320, always live on the free Odyssey app. Appreciate you being with us wherever you are. Uh, you can tap in 1320TV. Uh, that's YouTube and Twitter as well. Uh, it's Twitch. Mm-hmm. Dot TV slash ESPN 1320. You want to jump on the phone lines first time? We'll open those up today. Uh, 916-909-1320. We'd love to hear from you with, with, for the next two hours. Our man uh, James Ham going to join us uh, at the top of the 3 o'clock hour. Will Z uh, will be with us coming up in about 15 minutes. The Z-Cast. Did you get a chance yeah. to peep any of those? I, I, did, I didn't, but I see that it's out there. It's flowing. Shout out to the Z-Cast, man. Yeah, Will, will trying to uh, up his social media game and Get things going Gotta out love there. That. I think the um, when talking about Keegan, the idea of a franchise changer, right? The idea of all right, the Kings have you know three big dogs here that all of the goofs not named Kendrick Perkins are going to laugh about on ESPN <laughs> is his defense. That's where he sets. Mm-hmm. That's that's the thing that sets him apart. Because it's great to have another score. Like we talk about all the time, the third score, the third score. Who's the third man in that whole deal? Mm-hmm. If he's if 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 De'Aaron is man one and Domas is man two and Keegan is man three on the offensive end, like cool. Keegan's man one on the defensive end. I think the Sacramento are in really good shape. Yeah, and he might be that now, but I feel like De'Aaron Fox is is. Yeah. I, I I think Fox is still he might be establishing himself as the as the team or might but, have I mean, established himself. Keegan seems to be right there. Yeah, right. He, he seems to be right there, and and uh, Kyle. But we're uh, not having conversations about Keegan Murray all all we defense. Did. Oh. We did. I don't think he's gonna make it, but yeah. we did. Um, but Kyle in the chat, our guy Kyle uh, Renata says we're all talking about his growth on the offensive end, even though all the growth seemed to happen on the defensive side, and no one expected that. And it's a fair point, you know, because he looks like about the same type of person on the offensive end. He hasn't really established, like, one-on-one moves or, you know, doing stuff off the bounce the way people maybe hoped he would. Um, But defensively, I can speak for me personally, he's a lot better than I thought he would be. And he's a lot more versatile on the defensive end than I ever thought he would be. And he's made – strides on that side of the ball. It's year two. It's year two. Mm-hmm. Like, what's year three look like? And that's and that and that, and and that's the other thing when we talk. About. If you believe that, you know the 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 core of this team, and we talk, we, and we're guilty. We we've, we've talked about it, and we'll continue to talk about it uh, through the remainder of this season. And we've got an entire summer to discuss this uh, after the Kings win their first NBA championship. <laughs> um, getting better. W- what steps are you going to take to get better? And we could talk about free agencies. We could talk about trade. We could talk about all of that stuff. That's part of the conversation, and, and it's fair. It's completely fair. 
Now we start talking about like year three of Keegan Murray, right? We talk about year three of Keegan Murray, year three of Domas and and De'Aaron together. There's probably, regardless of what, um, there is a massive move out there that we're not thinking about in the, right now. Mm-hmm. That's still probably where this team's biggest growth is going to be. Mm. Like if Keegan is what I think most of us believe he is, mm-hmm. no acquisition the Kings make is going to be bigger than his development over the next couple Absolutely. of years. Absolutely. And so be mindful of that the next 26 games. Mm-hmm. Be mindful of that whenever the season comes to a conclusion we're licking our wounds and we're looking ahead to what July brings us. Mm-hmm. Keep that in mind that your number one asset for the growth of this basketball team is Keegan Murray. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's something that we had talked about on the handoff as well is if Keegan develops to the point that we all hope and think he can, that is the big acquisition. That is going out and getting Pascal Siakam or Zach Levine or Kyle Kuzma or anything like that. That's what that is. And if he develops to that level to a certain degree, you won't have to go and really be in search of those type of guys. You can go get a guy like Bruce Brown to be you know, your fourth option or a glue guy or something like that as opposed to being on the search for this third guy. Keegan's supposed to be the third guy. Like if Keegan is um, – he develops on both sides of the floor the way we want him to in that third year, you don't need – you don't necessarily need a Zach Levine mm. who is a 20-point-per-game scorer. Keegan's supposed to be that. And now you've got – and you combine that with hopefully Malik Monk comes back. Now you really can get, hey, we need a guy that is really like eight, nine points a game but his defense is top flight. He's he's scrappy, and if you leave him open in that corner, you know he'll hit you for seventeen on a night. But Keegan is the one that can get you twenty to thirty on a night. We got Malik Monk. We got mm-hmm. Sabonis doing what he does. It just changes to your point the whole trajectory and what this team could be um, in a major way, in a major major way. Because now what you're looking for, and also what you're looking for, may be more attainable for what you're willing to give up. Like you probably can go get, and I'm Bruce Brown just keeps coming to mind, but you can go get a Bruce Brown with, and I'm not trying to trade these guys. I'm just talking. You can go get him with a Herder Davion in a first rounder or something like that. You might not be able to get Kyle Kuzma with that with that same type of trade package. That's that's not enough. You need more. But if Keegan is reaching where we all hope he can, now those guys. Those those Bruce Brown types are more attainable through trade or hell, even through free agency, possibly. Hmm. It really is a game changer, man. Because I because I really don't know. We talked yesterday a lot about making moves and improving this team. It's gonna be tough. Mm-hmm. They don't have even if they make the playoffs and they retain that first round, that they don't have a lot of assets that because it has I don't to be think, through trade. Yeah. Because they're not, yeah, like, they're we've not, established they're not have the money, yeah. Vlade or Malik Monk, or one of those two, that's the biggest free agency yeah. signing the Kings have yeah. had. And you don't have, I, I don't know if they have, like people are like, go get, you know, 
Pascal or whatever. Like they gave it's up. Too late. Yeah. Well, even then they gave up like pretty good guys and pretty mm-hmm. good the combination of pretty good guy and the draft pick to go mm-hmm. get him. I don't know if Barnes are hurt or net and that. While also having a ton of cap space. Yeah. I don't know. Same thing the Knicks did. Exactly. The Knicks gave up, and you can feel how you want to feel about this guy, but they gave up Emmanuel quickly and um, R.J. Barrett. Which might have been their version of Herter and Barnes. Might have be been. Fair. Might have been. But you I, would know better, of course. But, but, I th- but I think they, Knicks fans at least, I think they really liked Emmanuel quickly. They were like, yo, we you can did. win with this guy. Yeah. Yeah. And this guy – He's probably going to get paid in a major way. Um, and the Knicks didn't want to necessarily do that mm. for a guy that was going to be a, a six-man type. But I think I think the market for man, a guy like Emmanuel Quickly was higher than Herter or Barnes. Is Do you see, like, as the team evolves? Let's, let's go with best-case scenario. Malik is back with the Sacramento Kings. Mm. I think there's a situation where he's starting. I, I don't think so. Next year, if they trade Kevin Herter, I guess in the offseason. Yeah, right. That's what I'm. That's what I'm thinking. And I'm not. I'm not. I'm not championing a trade of of Kevin Herter. I'm just thinking like maybe it doesn't net the guy like whatever whatever people have in their head. But it nets a really really good player coming off the bench. I I, f- I feel like if you're trading Kevin Herter, you're trading him for another starting caliber wing hmm. and a guy that's probably a little better defensively probably takes a little bit off on the offensive end but defensively he he gets this king's team or mike brown will feel like he gets this king's team where they need to be for the next level. like a doug christie doug christie was a starting two guard yeah. that defended his ass off i need I, mike to wrap his arms around kevin herter i do too yeah. i think kevin herter changes everything about this team so, and you need we I, we said it. You need Kevin Herter to to, to win. You need it regardless how you yes, feel about him. You're right. You're, you you're need right. him on this team to be super successful. You're right. However, there was a a stretch, and I don't know why this stands out to me. It was really glaring in the moment. Mm. The the last game we were at, you and I, the San Antonio game. Mm-hmm. It's like four straight possessions. By Herder. Mm. By Herder. By like it was four straight shots at the basket. Because of the, the the ball handler got past Kevin Herder. Mm. And I just imagine that's what is driving Mike crazy. Mm. I don't know what Herder can do better in those situations or what he should be doing better or what the communication there is on the floor. It happened like on four. I could be exaggerating. It might have been four out of five. But it was in short order. It was at the end of the second quarter. Mm. Just one after the other, after the other, after the other. It was brutal. I just imagine that's what's driving Mike crazy. And and Because <laughs> I don't. And you're not wrong. You're not wrong. But this is why Kevin Harder probably yelled back at Mike Brown. He said, everybody has those four out of five stretches. Why am I getting penalized? Yeah. Right. They all do. That's fine. Mm-hmm. So why am I not playing? Mm-hmm. And that's I don't think they all do. There's a couple a that do. <laughs> There's a couple that do. <laughs> There's a couple that do. Yeah. I need but you to wrap your arm, I need you to wrap your arms around Harrison Barnes. You you've been you've been you've been tough on HB. Not lately. Harrison's ever since he just decided to show up to the season, 
He's been great. I hadn't said nothing about HB since he decided to show up. He's fine. I'm just I'm just Andy, running I'm just running Andy, through my memory to make sure this. And he don't even he don't even like still rebound the way I want him to, but he's doing something. He's Remember I said that's yeah, a, that's yeah, all I something. ask. Do something. Do something. Do You're something. scoring. Cool. Yeah, do something. Uh, he played we, good defense the other day. He did. Yeah, he he played great defense the other day. Uh, we'll come back. Did you get a chance to? I I, I must have been on your timeline. I was. Uh, uh, found an article with your boy Chris Mannix. That's well, how's that my time? That's your guy. Um, <laughs> did you read the interview with Dame Lillard? I didn't. I I saw. You saw, you saw the it. clips of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Poor I don't guy. know. Yeah. Poor guy. <laughs> it's it's I, know, I, got a, I got an idea. What's going on? It's crazy. A word. I yeah. Oh, we'll talk about I it. I think it's pretty, pretty clear cut. Okay, we'll talk about it. Uh, we'll talk more Kings basketball as well, of course. Uh, Will Z's going to join us when we get back here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Real quick, can I clarify something? Just real oh, quick. Yeah, just oh, it's quick. never good when you have to clarify something. Uh, oh, something. <laughs> Uh-oh. So, Uh-oh. during the break and during uh, Kicking It With KC, I no, think two weeks ago. Great show. Um, I, I showed my undying love for the book one, Devin Booker shoes that came out. And Tyler Jennings. He said, didn't you say they were whack when it came out, KC? Absolutely, I did. I hated the shoes. Mm. I absolutely hated them mm-hmm. when they first came out. Mm-hmm. But I kept seeing them, kept seeing them, kept seeing them. I was like, I kind of see the vision. And then when I got the book one Mirages in my hands and I saw them, I said, these shoes are fire. Absolutely fire. Mm-hmm. I love the book ones. Yes, I, I did a complete 180, did Tyler. You, did you purchase? I didn't get them. I didn't okay. get them. Yeah. But I'm, mm-hmm. I'm, getting, I'm getting the black ones, though. You got some black ones coming out there. They're gonna be my hoop shoes. There are some that I didn't I, from the the shoe construction. I never thought it was bad. Like I, this looks bad. I didn't like some of the colors that mm. that they had coming out. But I thought I, I hate this over. Really? I but and then he got the orange ones. That what do you think about Devin ones. Booker? Yeah. What do you think about Devin Booker though? He's a good ball player. What else? I I don't know. Okay. Oh, Will. that reminds me. So you don't know, <laughs> no, Miss <laughs> P. What you think? Ask Miss P. Just put it in the chat. Matter of fact, text it to us oh. because shout out, shout out to Bruce and everybody of his ilk. Reese <laughs> says yesterday, and I don't know oh, no. which show he was talking about. But he's like, yeah, these second graders came up. They're big fans of your show. Oh God. <laughs> It's done. It's done. It's done. We're done. We're done. Oh, God. I said, well, what show are they talking about? He said, I don't know. They just told me we listen to your dad all the time. It's incredible. Oh. <laughs> Bro, just think about today, the first Bro, hour. Bro, why didn't you lead the show with that? Why are you we'll saying that day. at 220? Kenny, we brought a Mick Mill. <laughs> My thought, guys, look, they don't get out of school till 2. 50. We got to so clean I'm thinking, it up. I'm thinking it's 102.5, which is a whole nother problem if you, if you talk about this, some of the songs <laughs> they're listening to. But uh, Either that or they're big James Ham fans. <laughs> yeah. I, th- I don't yeah. think they were listening today. Today was early out, too. Gotta, but um, I don't think they were listening today. We got to. We got to. We got <laughs> to. Like it's like two or three second graders. Oh, we love listening to your dad. Oh, <laughs> we got to be better. It's man. incredible. We have to do better. So I don't I'll know what I used this. to say I'll, about Devin Booker. Bad. Yeah, first know. of all, yeah, it starts with you, Will. Yeah, you, yeah. you've been a so. bad influence on us <laughs> uh, from the moment we met, however many years ago that was. 
Uh, <laughs> man, Will got us talking today. Let's did, get your man, opinion. You you put out the the tweet about the Kings being was a fifteen and five mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. against uh, teams below five hundred. What did that little bit of research that you did with teams uh, against below five hundred teams? What did that little bit of research tell you anything? I think one of the things that stood out to me the most was where the Kings kind of stood. If you just look at the total games played, they have, and I'm pulling it back up now, the, I think like second or third most games against teams with a record over 500 and the second or fewest least. Yeah. So they played the fewest games against opponents with bad records most games against opponents with good records. So that's one of the things that stood out to me the most too, other than just they've been better against the bad teams than I think the perception has been Mm. is just kind of that weird quirky bit of the schedule. And I think that just comes into the, the West is really good all around is you don't have that many bad teams in the West that the Kings are playing over and over and over again. Yeah. That's what stood out to me too, uh, to a certain degree, 18 and 19 is a lot of games. Over mm-hmm. with teams yeah. over 500. And that 15 and 5, when Damien, you started breaking down different records and stuff like that, 15 and 5 obviously is 20 uh, games with teams under 500. These yeah. other teams you were talking about, they had like 26, 27, you know, uh, 28 mm-hmm. games. Yeah, Will pointed out they were in a tie for 10th. The, mm-hmm. the difference was Phillies played 28 of those games, mm-hmm. Orlando's played 24. And as yeah. you just pointed out the Kings have only played 20 yeah which is which is um I'm still kind of baffled <laughs> because according to Tankathon they got like the 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 Kings they have like the six hardest schedule left in the season when are we ever playing that's the these part teams? that doesn't make sense <laughs> when are we ever playing Never, these teams under 500 <laughs> I guess we just don't so if you look at it the most games against teams with records over 500 Portland and Houston tied for 39, which makes sense. You're going to see most of these teams are teams that don't get to play themselves. Mm. So Portland, Houston, Washington, Utah, Memphis, and then a three-way tie between the Spurs, Kings, and Nets Mm. at 37 each. So you just don't see a lot of teams that are where the Kings are with that high of a count of games against those high-percentage teams. Is and that again, it Miami, doesn't make sense, Kenny, like you said. Is is that already played or remaining against? Already. Already played. Damn. And again, crazy. these are all records as of today. <laughs> there's not one. If, I think the teams you just read off, there's not even one team close to the playoffs in that cluster. Closest is Golden State at 36. Jeez. Warriors 18. Yeah, and, and then you get down Orlando 35, Timberwolves are 35. So it starts to get a little closer, but just one of those things that stood out to me with it. And then the other thing was, I think that it's not really the bad teams that they're losing to and what fans get so much uh, so upset about. I think it's just the players not playing because that's not factored into this at all. Mm. Uh, Will, you started a, a, a new little project over the weekend, the the, the Z-Cast. Yeah. Yeah. Your social media game is already pretty strong, man, so I'm excited to watch these little mini reels, TikToks, little short you know, podcast episodes uh, that you do 
uh, in lieu of the, the the preview of the preview by the numbers that you do over on the website. I know you still do a lot of writing over at willzstats.com, so I encourage everybody to make that a, a regular visit for for your for your Kings coverage. But um, what was the breakdown uh, today in the Zcast available on social media everywhere? Yeah, so main thing I think with the Nuggets is especially if Fox is out, the way that the Kings have beat the Nuggets so far is really with a well-rounded approach. And it's just, again, I don't know why they match up so well with them, but they do. And to be able to go in and try and sweep the defending champions is just, even that in and of itself is pretty wild. It's something that the Kings haven't done since the 1978-79 season. So they've never swept a defending champion in the following season mm-hmm. since in Sacramento franchise history. But it feels like the Nuggets are going to be a little pissed. And I that's got me a little worried. And the fact that they're healthy and with Fox being questionable, it's just one of those things where it's kind of up in the air with him. So I don't know. I think that they have a unique ability to guard Jokic one-on-one. They don't have to double him because Sabonis is so strong. That's my theory as to why they match up so well and can kind of slow down the Nuggets on offense. Is there? Is there? We any... did think that last time, though. Yeah. We did think Denver was going to be pissed last time. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think they were just bored. They just wanted it. They just wanted to get to All Star break and, and and get it over with. Is there um, anything statistically in the, in the three games that the Kings consistently do that has shown number wise to maybe bother? Uh, Denver, like maybe have them at a lower three points percentage in all three games than normal, or, or anything that sticks out number wise that has been consistent in their three games. Yeah, definitely the three point percentage. So the Nuggets in the three games, uh, starting most recent to longest ago, twenty seven point three percent, thirty four point five percent, and twenty four percent. So on the season, they're definitely better than that. I can pull it up real real quick. They've just been able to defend the three against the Nuggets really well, which why the Nuggets and not anyone else on the season, they're 36.6%. So it's one of those things where they just either have defended it well or gotten lucky, maybe a little bit of both. Uh, cancels out some of the bad luck that they have against other teams. Uh, the other thing, and this is the swing stat for tonight, is fast break points. So in the wins, the Kings have won the fast break, fast point break battle every game, thirteen to six, sixteen to six, and nineteen to. 11. Oh, the Kings get out and run. We got you. Yeah, that was back. a little You're weird. No, we got you. No, that was. Oh, that was. <laughs> I don't like, think I I've switched spots. I don't think I've ever seen that before. But like Will <laughs> apparently doesn't know that Will just completely left the screen and then reemerged out of nowhere. <laughs> But yeah, uh, fast break points. Uh, the Kings have won it each game, and I think it's something where they're we all know they're really good when they get out and run, and that's something that I'd like to see them do tonight. Obviously going to be harder with Fox out, but those are the two things that stood out. Kid. Well, Fox, Fox, to be clear, Fox is not ruled out, right? Did I miss oh, that? Did, did I miss that? I didn't see it, no. Yeah, I don't think Fox has been ruled out. I think he's questionable. He went through the warm-up today. If he's been ruled out, I sincerely apologize. I, I missed I, it. I, I oh, it's just that. questionable. I yeah, he's questionable. I he went through it. he went through a, a a full a full shoot around today, 
uh, which at worst to me means he's going to be a game time decision. Yeah. But I'm yeah, Will Z. I think he'll play. In the words of uh, the great Usher Raymond, <laughs> "Don't play like that." <laughs> Do you know who Usher Raymond is? Uh, well, I don't. No, it's fine. I don't. It's, it's good. I, di- I didn't. I didn't think you did. I'm still. I'm still helping Kenny learn the audience when he does like references like that. But that's fine. Well, we, he 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 got it. Uh, Usher Raymond is in fact Usher. Oh, that makes sense. <laughs> I love you so much, Will. I love you so much, man. Um. So, do we, do, I don't think you said do we got a swing stat for tonight. Yeah, the fast break points that might have okay, been that's the one. Out. Okay, all right, yeah. fast break points. All right. Hmm. I don't know, man. How do you? I would bring you into this conversation before before you. Mm-hmm. It's not like a specific number question. It's more just like a thought. Yeah. How do you feel about Keegan's second season? <sighs> I I don't know. Excited, but also a little let down. I think really? it's just, I don't know if, I'm trying to think of how to phrase it. I think I expected more on offense, obviously less on defense. But I just don't know if that's because of opportunities and with the way this team is built and they have so many guys that can go out and score. It's, I just, expected a little bit more variety to his game and we've seen it we've seen his numbers his off the dribble numbers are up but they aren't up I think as much as we all hoped and expected and I just I don't know maybe that leads it to it keeps me excited for more because we've seen flashes of it I think it's just the consistency that we haven't seen, and that's why I'm a little bummed. I don't know. Man, Will Z's tough. He's yes. bummed. Will, head over to WillZStats.com for trade Keegan Murray <laughs> articles all, all off season. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble. But Y'all better like, jump him the way you jumped me when I asked DeMonte Sabonis to shoot two more saying. times again. No, we understand what Will's saying. Y'all yeah, are, makes sense. That's cold. <laughs> I think a lot of it, too, is just the pairing with him and Barnes is so limited in its um, effectiveness because they both, especially on offense, they both need the ball, and that's how they impact the game is by scoring. Um, You don't have any other way to get effectiveness out of Barnes like you do with Keegan. I think that's why we're seeing him more focused on the defense. With Barnes, it's scoring or nothing. I think that we've kind of gotten to that point with him. And that's fine. But to pair that type of wing player with Keegan seems to me to hinder Keegan's ability to affect the game as much as he can. I see. Well, hopefully uh, Harrison can have a, mo- a couple of more defensive efforts like he did uh, a few nights ago. Yeah, absolutely. He was so good two nights yeah. ago, or yeah. two games ago, and then wasn't. Hey, guys, I did oh. a, I did a, I did a little... Um, you know, just a little math, just a little oh. forecasting. Oh, you know, this is very inexact. I don't even know if the percentages match up. Okay, but the Kings have twenty-five games remaining. Okay, sixteen of those games are against teams over five hundred. That means nine are against teams under five hundred. Okay, 
I tried to go as close to oh, yeah. what they've done so far, right? Okay. So I had them going eight and eight in those sixteen okay. against mm-hmm. teams with five hundred. Mm-hmm. I had them going six and three against the nine the nine games of the teams under five hundred. I don't that know if that's forty seven wins. Forty seven and thirty five. Is that enough? I don't think it is. I don't think that's enough. That's wild. I don't I mean I don't think it's six. enough to get you to the six. Yeah. Uh it's gonna be right there though. Because because so forty-seven and thirty-five right would mean Phoenix, who has a very tough schedule, yeah, would have to be one game better than you in these final twenty-five games, right? At least, right? Or, no, they, it's two to it's two to two, right? Well, there's yeah, but I'm saying like you think record-wise, oh. like in the final twenty-five games with the schedule Phoenix has, you uh-huh. think they'll be able to go uh, fifteen and fifteen and ten. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. There's, I don't their know. schedule. That doesn't seem that hard. What's for them? their, their schedule is kind of nasty. Their win Remember what we said yesterday? They've got like of the top five games in the five teams in the league. Yeah. They got like two games against each of them. Yeah, we did. Right, 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 yeah. right. Means they'd have to probably win like the majority of their below five. So yeah, I guess the safest thing to do in this scenario is split the games with Dallas. <laughs> yes. Right, because obviously Dallas is yeah. above 500, so you split the games with Dallas. You can't lose both of them right. and make them up elsewhere. You right. split those two. Mm-hmm. Eh, I don't know. I don't Maybe know. it does. I, I really don't know. I don't, I don't know. 47 wins. I, I don't know. Man. I don't know. Great radio. This is tremendous. Yeah, none of us know anything. <laughs> I this love is great. the quick math. That's great. This is great. Oh. And once again, it got that's, me thinking. That's, that's just playing how they've played all year long. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe they go eight and one against those teams under five hundred. Maybe yeah. seven and two. Maybe they get an extra win against a team over five hundred. I don't know, but just doing as close as I can the math to the percentages of what they've done so far this year. Mm-hmm. So this is like this is tough. To I want to. Yeah, I'm not going to do last year for obvious reasons. You got to go back. I got to skip the seventy five game seasons. Oh, yeah. Wait a minute! When, when, no, that, that or seventy-two games. That was a seventy-two game season. Go back even further. Um, okay. Well, all right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> We're trying to get to the top six. Oklahoma City, forty-nine wins. That oh. was the sixth spot. And uh, this was two thousand eighteen, two thousand nineteen. The sixth spot in the Eastern Conference was 42. There's no sense in looking at the Eastern <laughs> no. Conference, for God's sakes. Uh, three, three. We'll do this for a couple more years. The Pelicans, sixth seed, 48 and 34. Mm. I'll do one more. Yeah, do it till it's like 45. <laughs> well, okay. Until you want what you like. All right. Okay, so this is 16-17. This is uh-huh. Oklahoma City. Forty-seven and thirty-five. Well, we're uh, in there. We're, we're, we made it with that. Well, hold on, <laughs> we hold on. The what's the what's the team below them? Oh yeah, they cle- they cleared Memphis by a bit. Okay, here you go, Kenny. Yeah, here you go, it Dallas. Took us, took us ten years. Forty-two, forty-two and forty. <laughs> took us ten years, but we found the comp. Let's go. Damn near close. This is the 2015-16 season. Uh, this was a year where Portland. Was the fifth seed at forty four and thirty eight? 
And then obviously course, last State year was beating everybody was, you know, you, you, you were the three seed at yeah. 48. So mm-hmm. yeah. So the six seed last year was 44. Different landscape. Yeah. yeah. The good news is they won a first-round series. <laughs> Just get to the sixth spot. Hell, didn't the Lakers have a worse record than that? They got to the conference finals. They did. The, the they were they game. were one. Yeah, they were one game worse. Yeah. Uh, man. Well, you set the tone for today's show with that stat. Good stuff, mm-hmm. man. Uh, we appreciate you. Thank you as always, my friend. Yeah. Thanks, guys. Have All a good right. one. All right. Take care. It's man. The man, Will Z, right there. Uh, check out the Z Cast. Uh, wherever you follow Will on social media, whether it's Twitter. Instagram or over on uh, TikTok. Will is there. I got to step my TikTok game up. I, I I tried, and now I just, if Leezy makes it, I post it on TikTok, and then I just scroll it. And it can I'm get usually addicting. just on Twitter a lot of the time. TikTok is fun. I started looking yeah. up, like, Las Vegas TikTok video. Now, like, I planned this whole trip based on, like, these TikTok videos, like where to eat, Damn. how to book the table, like the whole deal. Damn. Awful announcing posted the clip of Kendrick Perkins uh, talking about DeMontis Sabonis. <laughs> what did they think was awful is the question. <laughs> Kendrick's. Uh... They didn't weigh in. They yeah. said Kendrick Perkins says a case can be made for DeMontis Sabonis for NBA MVP. Um, I'm, I'm going to try to avoid. Well, this is. Well, all right. Because there's our man, Sean. There's Matt George. There's King's Muse. I said I was going to try to avoid King's people. There's Deuce, Drew, uh, the local guy, um, <laughs> Sack King's Tyler. Like, okay, maybe we just need to go to the everyone's screen shopping, screen, uh, screen uh, grabbing the faces mm. of the three analysts and the host. Um, Maybe we just go to the replies because there was one particular. There were a couple of replies that I I certainly thought were interesting. And these, these to the best of my knowledge, these aren't Kings people. I'm gonna check. Yeah, okay. Yep. All right. <laughs> Kendrick isn't saying Sabonis should be MVP. He just made a case for, for him to be in the conversation, just as Luca is. Mm-hmm. Um, if Sabonis was on any other team. He'd be in the conversation. Mm. Mm. I'm just scrolling through, looking at some of the replies. Perhaps the first reasonable thought I've ever heard from him. No. And even in the replies, because I'm here too, I mean, in the replies, I'm trying not to get Kings people. Yeah, that, 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 that's tough because both of those, both of those uh, replies I just read follow us. Yeah. So they're 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 Kings fans. Uh, let's see who this guy is. Eh, we don't have a lot of followers, but let's read them anyway. For Tim says, I don't know about MVP, but the fact that he was not an All Star is a joke. Hey, well, I like that guy. I don't know who that guy is, but I like him. <laughs> this this is this is this is. It made me obviously it made me laugh. Some guy named Swamp Cronky says, this guy needs to be on. CTE SPN. <laughs> okay. That's not okay. That's of... not okay. I think that's what Antonio Brown calls it. That's even funnier because he didn't actually play football. He just played basketball, so he don't have no CTE situation. That was clever. But people, I mean, people are just, 
namely the people on the panel, who I like. I don't have a problem with any of them. Are you guys that uh, incapable to understand what the man is saying? Once again, if you're going to talk about uh, Luca, which was the complete context of the exactly video, yes. If Luca's in this conversation, why isn't Nikola Jokic? Or, uh, uh, Nic- uh, why isn't Demontis Sabonis? Doing damn near Nikola Jokic. Well, Nikola Jokic was in it. Yeah. With um, who were the four faces? It was, uh, Jokic, Shea, Shea, Giannis, Giannis and, and Luca. Lu- and Luca. Yeah, Luca yeah. was the other one. Yeah. So. I don't. I don't understand. Luca didn't deserve to be on the graphic. No. Was the point? Yeah. Luca doesn't. Once again, I'm not making the case for Sabonis. That's my guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm, but I'm not making the case for him to be MVP. I don't think he should. I don't necessarily think he should be in the conversation if we're having a real conversation. But my point is, neither should Luca. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> They're the AFC. And if Luca's in it, then Sabonis should be in. Right. It. That that then that was his whole that's point. Going on. You talk about the conversation. It really instead should be about we're just going to make guys. we're going to make stupid faces when 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 one of our colleagues tried to make a point and that I, y'all just were ignoring. And what are you making the faces for? Because it's just like like I, they I, act like he brought up yeah. some random ass NBA player. Probably like you said, Caleb Martin. <laughs> I was trying not to name anyone because that was a shot. But because yes, it was this egregious was like. like thing or something like that. It's like no, the Kings are. The head of the um, Mavericks in the standings, and DeMontis Sabonis is damn near averaging a triple-double. But it, it it goes once again to what we continue to say, is if you watched and you understood what he was doing, and this includes Zach Lowe, mm-hmm. you, you would understand what Kendrick is saying, why he may feel that way. Yeah. If you don't, like Malika, like Shanae probably, mm-hmm. you have no idea where this is coming from. You're like, what do you mean, Sabonis? Mm-hmm. Like, where is this coming from? Because you don't know – He's about to do something that I think I saw earlier only one other person in NBA history has ever done. That's 40 straight double-doubles. Mm. It's only him and Kevin Love. Wow. That's, I think I think I read that right. That's what that is. He's on the precipice of doing that. He's had more triple-doubles in this season than anybody else in the league. So if you understand that kind of stuff, you understand at least where Perk is coming from with even – bringing this up and comparing it to you having Luca in there. But if you don't, if, you, if you're not watching, if you haven't paid attention, then it would seem like completely out of left field. And they're just, they're just kind of showing themselves right now, to be honest with you. Kendrick Perkins has since tweeted, he said, I didn't tell one single lie. Sabonis is averaging 20-13-8, and, and he's leading the league in double-doubles and triple-doubles. So why isn't he mentioning the MVP conversation again? Let's go, Perk. Come on, Perk. Let's go, Perk. Come he's on, with man. us. He's definitely with us. Yeah. He's been with us for a minute. Uh, so is James Ham. We'll come back. We'll talk to him uh, when dealing with Casey return here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. I told the Chatty House this. I just I just learned this look, looking at the, the double-double thing. You know who the first known person to ever record a quintuple double was? Hakeem? It's not an NBA player. There's only four known triple, uh, quintuple doubles, and Wilt allegedly had one, but no one knows for sure. There's only four, according to Wikipedia, think they're all women. Mm. But the first one shocked me. I'll give you a hint. I've known this person for 15 years and had no idea. 
it's not Lisa Leslie. Well, I've known Lisa. I, I know Lisa. No, it's Tamika. Tamika catching. Tamika had twenty five points, eighteen rebounds, eleven assists, steals, and ten blocks in nineteen ninety seven. Wow. Amy Montgomery of Tacoma, Washington, 27, 22, 10, 10, and 10. Amy of Pennsylvania had 26, 20, 10, 10, and 11 blocks. And then very recently, Kiana Christmas uh, had 11 points, 20 rebounds, assists, 10 steals, 10 blocks. That was just a couple of weeks ago. Again, Will Chamberlain allegedly had one. No one knows for sure. Like all of Wilt's records, no one knows that they actually happened. Uh, let's get. I believe Ram. If anyone has the video, it's probably Ramsey. Ramsey's probably seen the hundred point game. What's up, Ramsey? Not too much. I just wanted to, as we were touching earlier about buzzer beaters, we got to Max Struess, but there was a bunch of them in college basketball yeah. last night. First and foremost, shout out to Jared Lucas from UNR Nevada Reno for hitting. Uh, as about a long of a half-court shot as Max Struess did to win the game against Colorado State. Mm. Also got to give a shout-out to Reed Shepard from Kentucky with his game winner and uh, Darius Brown from Utah State. His just sent the game to overtime, but it was a wild night in basketball seeing game winners. Mm. Ramsey's one of the most fascinating individuals. He is, man. He was big on it. I, I, I'm uh, also, you know, I'm starting to get into my college basketball back a little Are bit. Are you? Yeah, a little bit. Starting to- Starting to get into it. I, I was watching a lot of college basketball on Saturday. Um, and now it's tournament time. Like I said, CIAA uh, tournament is on my screen right mm-hmm. now. Nobody's gonna, nobody's ever going to ask me about this. But no. uh, Bluefield State. Well, you could be in a conversation with Ramsey one day because Ramsey will know. He might watch the CIAA. I'm positive he does. Yeah, what watch. else is he going to do? I don't know how he sees all of this. Especially considering he's always driving. Yeah, what's going on? And he's on here? also always out with Katrina. When does he? he probably I don't know. Sleep. I don't know. He probably doesn't sleep. Ramsey is really one of the most interesting people in the world. <laughs> and coincidentally enough, let's talk to TC. <laughs> I don't know why Ramsey hates TC, but we love TC. TC, what's going on, baby? Oh, good. What's up with my two brothers? We here, what baby. Up, TC. We here, baby. We here, man. Check it out. And the Kings, listen, man, we going and the Kings gonna be good. I'm, I'm with you on the Domas, uh, the MVP talk. But quite frankly, bro, I really don't care about that situation. Hey, I just want the, hey, I just want the band to get fifth or sixth seed, bro. We ain't jumping up into the top four unless something crazy happens. Let's just lock down the five, six seed, bro, and let's make some noise in the playoffs for the boys. That's what we need to be focused on right now. The MVP talk. All-American, whatever you want to call it, first team, that doesn't matter, bro. I'm not, I mean, it's, it's for their pockets, but I really don't care, bro. Let's get in the playoffs and let's make some noise. Seriously, Kenny, you also are sounding like Draymond Green, bro. What? Today. I don't know what it is. Hey, I don't know what it is. You listen, you can imitate that dude super good, but I've been listening to y'all say, is this a bit? Is Kenny trying to sound like him or are you just talking, bro? You sounding like Draymond, bro, and it's hilarious. What? No, this is the final straw because uh, my wife oh. is actually upset with me. She said, your voice sounds terrible. You need to get it checked out. You need to do whatever you need to do. And she's right, first of all. But this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. I ain't trying to sound like that, man. I'll be at the doctor's office today. Get your eyes checked while you're there. We'll do it like do the office that. where Jim throws a key on Dwight's key thing every day. Like maybe Kenny just turns into Draymond slightly <laughs> each day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that reminds me of... Uh, we Wait, hold about- on. Do you feel like his voice is different? No. 
I don't either. Like, I kind of feel it a little bit. I don't think I sound like. I don't think I sound like Draymond. I don't think we'll go that far. See, he sounds different in pros versus Joe's compared to no, now. But the, like, the, this, like the, this, is normal to me. There's something happened when um, Reese was born. I'm gonna keep it real. That crazy. might be a different person. Like this might be a new Kenny Carey. Like, yeah, I ain't even gonna lie to you. I, I saw some of the videos from when Reese was born. I said, it "Sound nothing like that." It's crazy. But you talk about uh, movies like Bamboozled. Um, and it reminded me when we were talking about it. Did you ever see that? I think, I don't think it's Strictly Business. I don't think it's Strictly Business. That's not the title of it. I think that's a different movie. Okay. But you, do you, are you familiar with the movie that, um, uh, Kyle Barker, it was in before he was on Living, his name on Living Single was Kyle Barker. But you were familiar with the movie he was in before, I think it's like T.C. Carlson or something like that. Yeah, it is T.C. Carlson. I think that is Strictly Business. Where he was like a reporter, and it's in the vein of Bamboozled, but he, the more he got like in favor with the news company, he would turn more and more. <laughs> so turn more and more what? he turned more and more, more and more what? Well, you know the movie, so you know what I'm saying. No, I just want you to say it. Hey, he yeah, turned more and more yeah. what? Can you explain it, it for it's us? Not, so it's not strictly business. That's my bad. That's, 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 uh, that's David Hallie. Allen Greer and, and Tommy Davis. No, it's right. the, yeah, and uh, uh, Old Boy from the Cosby Show. The, the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that's right, the, um, the one Denise married. Denise, yeah. yeah. The, the no, but tell me more about this movie. <laughs> What's the name of the movie? Oh, I don't know. I, got, oh, I mean, man, I'll look I'm, it up. I just want you to tell me more about it. I'll look up the actor and I'll be able to find it. So, so the more he gets in favor with the, uh, with with the, with the what happens? <laughs> it's a movie. All no, right? I it's got a, it. It's a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the more he he like moves up the ranks as a broadcaster, yes, <laughs> the wider he becomes. Oh, <laughs> literally too, like his skin gets gets wider and wider. So <laughs> this is one of my favorite things that we do when we read so when we read Wikipedia breakdowns. The movie is called Living Large. Living Large was the movie. That's right. Dexter Jackson is a young black delivery man in Atlanta, Georgia, who aspires to become a news reporter. He gets what he considers his big break when he drives up to a hostage situation. When the reporter on the scene is killed, Dexter Dexter steps in front of he steps in and confronts the hostage taker who threatens to kill himself on live television. However, Dexter talks the man out of it. And ratings-obsessed executive producer Kate Pendergren <laughs> offers Dexter a reporter position at News for Atlanta. A reoccurring gag throughout the film involves Jackson seeing himself on TV with notably different features, <laughs> i.e. thinner lips, Straight hair and a lighter complexion. As Kate, as Kate tries to transform Dexter's urban image, he begins questioning whether he's starting to sell out as he becomes more and more successful. In other words, he wonder he wonders whether becoming successful. Go ahead. Also means becoming white. <laughs> I'm sorry. We got to pull this trailer up. I'm looking at I the gotta, trailer right now. I got to see the trailer. What's the name of the movie again? Have you ever seen the movie? Living Large. Have you ever seen it? I don't 
think so. This is this is uh, 1991. I don't think I've seen this. Yeah. No other standout names are in this. Well, the the um I forget her name, but um the the lady from you'll see it in the in the trailer, but the lady who is in Waiting to Excel and This Christmas. What is my girl's name? Oh man. Loretta Devine. Loretta Devine. She's in it. Oh man. Living yeah. Large 1991, right? Yep. Yeah. All right. Yep. Oh yeah. I oh, love boy. movie time with D-Lo and Casey. <laughs> Bring the projector I out. I love movie time with D-Lo and Casey. Oh boy. All right. Here we go. Play it with sound too, right? We won't get in trouble. Yeah, no, we'll get in trouble, but uh, I don't know. I have no idea. Let's just play it, see what happens. Presenting the film the New York Times called one of the best pop comedies of the season. This is Clifford Worthy, News 4, oh. Atlanta. Dexter Jackson always had a dream of living large. Yep. Yeah, living large. Here we got... He used to deliver laundry. Yep. They're not going to put you on the news. Then he got a shot. I'm Charles Hempstead, coming to you live at delivering the news. Oh, my God. Charles Hempstead. Oh God! We're all missing. The sniper didn't, but we will. Cut oh. that clown oh. off! Don't dare! Oh, you may have won yourself an opportunity today, Dexter. Is that anything like a job? I'm here. Oh, oh no! Dexter is hard here. But now they're making him cut his hair. Yeah, they're making him cut his locks now. This, oh, wow. Oh, no. Oh, now he's, he's got a, a taper. He cut his locks. But he got more money because of it. Now, from downtown to uptown. Oh, Jesus Christ. From hip-hop straight to the top. Oh, look, Dexter. He's even talking to That's about the only way I want to see him, too. Dexter Jackson is... Living large. Now oh. get out there and find me some stories. But there's always a Uh-oh. price Here to we pay go. for selling yourself out. Do you have a statement you'd like to make, Felix? You tell mother you set me up to make prime time. Oh, I understand no. another service you provide is writing numbers. Oh, oh he's, uh-oh. Uh-oh. he's selling out the hood now. It's just for the waiting. I'm on killer bitches. Oh, well. Living large. A comedy about making it big. Okay. Oh, wow. That, that was. They said it was. One of the best pop comedies of the, of the century. That was way worse than I expected. <laughs> you didn't even get to the bad part. Oh, it got worse? Well, I don't know about on the trailer, but they never showed when the his, facial the, features, everything yeah. started to change. With every story he did, everything would change. Or one little thing would change. Excuse me. <laughs> Bro, what is this show? <laughs> Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to read like a review on it. Uh, the reviews are not favorable. No, the movie was terrible. Like that's, that's one of the movies you can't make in 2024. We got that one and Ben the Rat. Which one do you think did a higher rating? Oh man. Ben the Rat. Yeah. Ben the Rat. People ben seem, the Rat. People really like yeah, that movie. Ben the Rat. Yeah. Ben, I wouldn't. Ben, I'd probably watch Living Large before Ben the Rat, but people probably like Ben the Rat a lot. Ben the Rap may have been a breakout moment for Dilo and Casey here. (laughs) Roger Ebert described the film as beginning with a terrific idea for a movie, then 
works hard and successfully to whittle it down to the level of brainless sitcom. Mm. That movie grossed. That movie grossed five point five million dollars. <laughs> so I need to look up something real quick. How much it cost to make it? No, no, I, that's not on here. No, uh, its total gross was five point five million dollars. For comparison purposes, we're going to go to James here in just a second. For comparison purposes, the nineteen eighty nine blockbuster, <laughs> No Holds Barred. <laughs> that's got to be fifteen. $16 million yeah, at the yeah. box Do office. Get, is that a win? No. Is that a hey? No. no. Not Nailed even it. a game. Sit oh, down. We're on all-star break right now. Sir, sit down. We're on all-star break. What are you talking about? <laughs> James, you've seen a lot of movies in your day. Have you seen the movie Living Large? I don't think so. I think it'd make uh, a, a it, nice little fun date night for you and Mrs. Ham. I can tell you this. If I see the, the cover... I will know if I've seen it or not. <laughs> I have. No. Uh, I have not. Yeah, I, have I was not seen... say, I highly doubt you've seen this one. Yeah. Living large. No, no, oh, I don't. I don't time. think so. <laughs> it's it's got. What is the? I mean, is that Martin? Like the 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 blocking? No, the, the oh. like the title. That's, that's the title. Just, that's, like, that's, that's just a nineties. Yeah, that's just nineties. That's that's that's, that's like a nineties font. <laughs> that's essentially what it is. The color a and everything 90s is just nineties. This movie just screamed early nineties as we just watched the trailer. Wow. Um, How do we get on this subject, <laughs> James? Don't ask, bro. Like you should know, but I don't know. I don't. This I have is way no... more up my alley, though. Well, I know more movies and than. than we could WWE. rope you into some of the conversations we had earlier if you want. <laughs> oh, no. Are oh. you okay? Yeah, let's not. Let's just not go back to. <laughs> Never mind. Sometimes I think stuff in my head, and I want to say it out loud, and it would probably make everybody uncomfortable. <laughs> what are dumb buns for, James? Yeah, no, I know it. Um, James, do any update? It sounds like De'Aaron's a go tonight. Obviously, us in Sacramento. Uh, and not in Denver. Chris Peterman says De'Aaron went through a, a, a full shoot around. He was listed as questionable uh, last night. I believe he's still listed as questionable now. Uh, but this feels like Domas of a couple of nights ago where he went through the full shoot around and strong he's going to play vibes. Yeah. So when he was walking upstage, um, when we got him after the game, he was walking gingerly. Mm-hmm. And I, I saw it early like that he got hit. And but we didn't know what it was. Um, and then when he went to get up and and walk off, uh, walk podium, I said, "Hey, hit your knee." And he said, "Yeah, I knocked knees with with uh, Jaime Hawkes." Uh, uh, He's like, "I said, y'all good?" He's like, "Yeah, I'm good. I'm good." He's like, "I'm just sore." So I guess that he's okay, that it's just a, it's a bone bruise type deal. Not even maybe a bone bruise as much as it is just a bruise, mm. you know? So, um, yeah, I would, I would be surprised, although you never know. I mean, again, he, he takes a lot of abu- uh, abuse and, um, you know, there are times where he's going to need to take a break. Yeah. Now, I, 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 I think about this group. And, you know, remember last year, the fact that they played all the time was almost looked at as a bad thing. Like, they play all the time. That's why they win. Well, yeah, that's that's a good thing. This this team, it wasn't just a one-off. 
like for the most part, they're all pretty damn tough when it comes to if I can play, I'm going to go through it. And yeah. I feel that way about any injury that comes up. Like if De'Aaron right now said, I'm not going to be able to go, I would think it's something that's really keeping him from being able to play because these guys, they show up and they play if they're able to. Yeah, I mean, that was like who they were all last season, and it's been who they are this season as well. Very, very few games missed due to injury. Um, you know, of course, Sasha's out now and will be out probably for a while. Um, Alex Alex Lynn missed some time early in the season. Trey Lyles missed some time early in the season. Fox missed five games at one point. But overall, this kind of has the same fill where, you know, if, if someone is out, they're out for a game or two games. It's nothing long-term that we've seen. Um, but I, I also think it it plays into a larger picture that, you know, number one, these guys are playing for each other. Like, that's part of it, that they know that they, they don't want to let their teammates down, and so they're trying to gut out uh, some of these games. Mm-hmm. Um, but also that, you know, this training staff has done a great job of keeping these guys taped together. And it's something we saw last year. You can't ignore it. Like, it's part of its luck. Part of it's the fact that, you didn't bring in a bunch of players who are injury prone. Um, and even, you know, the guy that I would say is injury prone that you did bring in is Chris Duarte. And he's been reasonably healthy throughout the season. Uh, you know, again, some bumps and bruises here and there. He had that grade two ankle sprain. But I think the training staff has done a really good job uh, just keeping these guys, you know, on the on the up and up and, you know, on the court. Yeah, and you guys talked to Domas following that game where he had uh, been a little out of the weather, and he's like, "Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm going to play." And it feels like that's the mentality uh, of this team, as you just laid out there, Hammer. And you know, they're entering this this crazy stretch where everyone's just kind of all over the place. Like we saw the way Dallas lost last night, and we saw the way the Pelicans won. Um, the Sun are never playing again, so we'll just deal with that as it as it happens. As they've got the longest break in history. But here we are entering another game with Denver, coming off of a loss, thinking, well, Denver is going to be pissed off at some point, aren't they? And the Sacramento Kings just seem to match up well with the squad, and I feel like they have, James, really for the last couple of years. Yeah, I totally agree. For whatever reason, they do match up well. And, and I don't think that, you know, like this kills Michael Malone. Michael Malone absolutely hates losing to the Sacramento Kings. You know, he he's trying to pull every trick out to beat this team. I'd also say this season in particular, it feels like every time they've played Denver, there's been like a little bit of an asterisk. Like it's a good win for sure, right? But like the first two times they played, Denver was on the second night of a back-to-back. Mm-hmm. The last time the Kings played, you know, the last time the Kings beat them, the Kings were on the second night of a back-to-back. But Denver had what uh, Jamal Murray and Contavious Caldwell Pope out. I think one other game they had uh, Michael Porter Jr. out. They, they've they been missing at least one starter in each of the games that I can remember. And this will be the first time that the Denver's at full strength. And I kind of want to see how the Kings look against a team, against this Denver team at full strength. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, we talked about it earlier. Mike Malone. <laughs> He's going to have his boys ready to go. He yeah. said, hey, no way we getting swept by the Sacramento Kings. I don't care how good they are. I'm not getting swept. I mean, we're not getting swept by the <laughs> Sacramento Kings. So, yeah, he, he's, he's going to have those guys ready to go tonight. Um, but I agree with you, Damien. I mean, it's I think it's a bit of a matchup thing. I would feel this 
in a regular season. I would feel this if they met up in the playoffs. I Denver is a title contender. Um, they're one of the best teams in basketball, but I just think the Kings match up well with them. They can they can um, combat some of the things that Denver likes to do to other teams, and they have a couple of things that the Kings, they have a couple of things on their side that gives Denver fits. I think it's a good matchup. Yeah, I think it's interesting if if you really go position by position, um, you know, like Kendavious Caldwell-Pope is a really good defender, and and I think he matches up really well against Kevin Herter. But Kevin Herter is also a really big shooting guard, and he matches up well on the other end against uh, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope. And, you know, you can talk about how good of a player Jamal Murray is during the playoffs, but during the regular season, De'Aaron Fox is just a much better player. He's faster. Uh, he's a better scorer. You know, he, he gets to a spots better. Um, and you can kind of go around all of the positions and, you know, you get to the big boy matchup, which to me is one of the funnest things to watch in the game because both these guys are so incredibly talented. But the the big, strong guys really bug both of these players. And so Jokic, he has, he has trouble with Sabonis. Sabonis loves to push him out of the key. Sabonis gets under his skin. And we saw it last time where, you know, like Sabonis really did like almost got Jokic thrown out of the game just because he just keeps battling you and he doesn't give in. And so I think it is a matchup thing. Uh, again, like the Kings don't ma- have anybody that can really, really match up with Aaron Gordon, but he's not so dynamic a scorer that Harrison Barnes can't stay with him. And then uh, for me, one of the matchups to watch in this game, which we talked about on the insiders is the uh, the battle between Michael Porter Jr. and Keegan Murray. I think it's just like, I think Keegan can be Michael Porter on the offensive end, but with a whole bunch of defensive game, and he can be a better player than Michael Porter. Uh, the Kings just need to go out and find some of these other pieces. But yeah, it's a, it's a good matchup team for the Kings for sure. How do you feel about Keegan Murray's second season so far? <sighs> um, I don't know. I mean... The leap he's taken defensively, I don't think anyone expected at all. I mean, like nobody. There's an, an expert out there who said that that Keegan Murray could be an all NBA defender when when they were, you know, scouting this guy coming out of college. He's done a tremendous amount of work on his body to be a different player, to be more athletic, to to have better lateral quickness. Um, he's worked with Doug Christie, he's worked with some of the other coaches to really hone his skills and to be a an elite defender. I think I'm I'm left wanting on the defensive uh, on the offensive end and that's something that like as much as anything I just I blame the system um and I also would put a little bit of it on Keegan for not being very vocal. But the Kings need to figure out in my opinion in the last 25 games they need to figure out how to make this about Keegan Murray. And I know that this is a team game and all that stuff, but like the way the path forward for the Sacramento Kings next year, the year after the year after that is through Demonis Sabonis, uh, De'Aaron Fox and Keegan Murray. And the fact that over his last 16 games, Keegan is, is averaging only 10.2 field goal attempts per game. That's not going to cut it. That's not who this guy needs to be. You know, the, the next version of the Kings, the version next year and, the version five years from now has Keegan Murray averaging 20 points a game or close to it and playing great defense. So I want more from him on, on the offensive end because it's all there. 
you know, he, he can hit the mid range jump shot. He's a great three point shooter. He won't even, he hasn't even got to show his, his post game yet. And he's, he's finishing with force in traffic, which is not something I thought he would do in year two. So I like what's happening. I just need 15 shots per game. I need 16 shots per game. I do not need 10. I don't need 12. I need it to be way up higher. And we were looking earlier and it's something crazy. Like, um, you know, he's 23 games this season. He's shot 13 shots or more. And the Kings are something like 15 and eight in those games. Like it, it's not about Keegan like scoring more. It's about you're a better team when Keegan does X, Y, and Z. And the Kings need to figure that out. They need to figure out that they're like eight and three when he scores 21 or more. Like he's one of your better scores. He's efficient. Um, he stretches a defense and you need to find ways to get him involved and keep him involved and not let him have a huge first quarter and a huge fourth quarter. And then you forgot about him for two quarters in the middle. Where do you, uh, whose responsibility do you think that is? I think it's everyone's, you know, I, I think when you look at the, the Kings offense, it is what they quote unquote equal opportunity offense, right? Everybody has a chance to be good and that's fine. But I also know that De'Aaron Fox is averaging, um, he's second in the league in field goal attempts per game at almost 21 a game. So it's not really opportunity because De'Aaron just goes out there and, and I'm not blaming De'Aaron. I'm saying De'Aaron can go out in this offense and go be himself and go do that. And I know he gets a little bit longer leash than anyone else, but I don't know whether it's where Keegan lines up, whether it's how they're trying to get him involved, whatever it is, they need to do more and more and more of it down the stretch because that's, again, it's the path. That's the path forward for this franchise. And that's not a, a disrespect on Harrison Barnes or, or Kevin Herter. It's just a reality. Like if this team is going to be great in the future, it's going to be a big three of Fox and Sabonis and Murray. And you have to get him there, even if that costs you a couple of games here down the stretch. But I don't even know if it would. Like I, he, he's very good. And the more you feed him, the more you get him involved, the better he gets. And that's kind of where I'm at. That's not disrespectful. I don't think anybody goes, Harrison Barnes is the future of the Sacramento Kings. Right. Like, like, no, we know what it is. Like, it's it's the Aaron Domas and it's the emergence of Keegan. Like, we talked, you know, this conversation kind of started earlier, Hammer. We were trying to kind of assess what this second season has looked like. Uh, for Keegan and as important as we all believe this upcoming off season is regardless of how the next 20 some odd games go, there's probably not a bigger improvement or bigger step forward that the Kings are going to take than whatever improvement Keegan Murray makes. Like there probably isn't a trade or a, a, a free agent acquisition that's going to be more important than Keegan Murray's third year. Yeah, I mean, you hope that there's some sort of chance out there that they can land a big fish that would help you change the trajectory slightly of this team. But it's probably not out there. And the whatever upgrade you're going to do is probably going to be more of a lateral upgrade as far as talent, but a tweak in what the player does. So, you know, as opposed to a, a guy who is a pure shooter like Kevin Herter, or a guy who's like a multi-tool player like Harrison Barnes, who does a little bit of everything. I, I think that this team is going to be more designed around three and D players uh, that support the trio of Fox and and Sabonis and and Murray. 
moving forward. That that's kind of where you have to hone in on and, and really change the look of this. So that means that there will be more shots for Keegan because the guys that you're probably going to have manning those positions for the bulk of his career are going to be guys who, who are okay taking seven to 10 shots per game. And those are going to be wide open looks from the corner or transition buckets or every once in a while, a back cut or something while these other guys take the bulk of the shots. And I think there's something to like having a team that's versatile and has a bunch of scoring options but there also comes a point where you typically grow out of that mm-hmm. and you start needing more and more specialty players. I mean, look at the way the Phoenix Suns are built where, you know, you've got your your big three, but then the rest of the guys, uh, you know, Josh Kogi or, um, you know, Royce O'Neal, like these are, are guys that are okay if they walk out of a game with five, sh- five shots or six shots. They know their role. Their role is to, to defend. So these other guys can do what they do. And I, I'd even look at the way, you know, Contavious Caldwell Pope is one of those guys that I'm talking about. The the guys that are okay taking secondary roles. And they're gonna do what they do, which is on the defensive end and making an impact there, physicality and all that, while the stars get to shine bright. And that's kind of where the Kings will head eventually. They're just not there yet. They're still at a point where you have to have these major scoring support pieces because Keegan is still coming along, not just as as a player and a web, but also as a personality and as somebody who demands these things. And there does need a point where whether it's Mike, whether it's Mike pulling aside Amonis and, and De'Aaron and and having this discussion, there has to be a point though where Keegan is the focal point, not over those guys, but by those guys, where they are the ones in his ear all game long saying, Hey, look. No more passing that up. Hey, we need you to cut harder so you're open more. We need you to to as a parting in the corner. We need you to race and get to you know the other spot so you have more of an opportunity to get involved in the offense. Like we need to switch you up and not have you just be the guy in the corner. On occasion, that's fine. Let him have a break, especially if he's got a tough defensive assignment. But overall, they need him to start thing and start taking on these things. And we see it. And I'm not asking him to go do something that he's uncomfortable with or that he uh, he isn't ready to do or isn't built to do. We've seen everything that we need to see that's going to make him a great player. We just need a lot more of it, if that makes sense. No, for sure. I think one of the things that we should also be asking is when and if and when they try to say, hey, Keegan, let's, let's step it up here to close this season and – and let's have you perform at a certain level, are one of, if not both, Harrison Barnes and Kevin Herter able to continue to be as productive as they've been in the last couple of weeks with maybe more looks going to Keegan? Can they find a way to stay in rhythm with their offense or play defense at a certain level or go create their own opportunities? Because I think that was a lot of the issue early in the season, right? Keegan was – averaging 16, almost 17 points a game. But Harrison felt like – and I'm not saying he personally said this, but mm-hmm. felt like, oh, I only got two looks today. You know what I mean? Or Kevin couldn't get in the rhythm. If they – whoever it is, it really doesn't matter between those three. If somebody's getting more of an offensive opportunity, can the other one or two still find a way to be involved in this game? It's, it's going to be probably the story of the, the end of the season. Yeah, it's really tough because 
what I'm kind of venturing that the area that I'm venturing into is that wins and losses, you know, they matter, but the true, the true future of this team is maybe more important than a win here, a win there. Like you need to bring along a young player in the right way. And I think to date they have, but at this point it's, you need to push him. You need to push him to become that guy. And the other players that we were talking about, the the Harrison Barnes and Kevin Herters and, you know, name that that player on, on the Kings, um, they should all be on board with this because they understand that they've already, they're all in second and third contracts. They are who they are as players. They know what their future is in the league and that they're secure in what they're doing. But at, at a certain point, if you're a good teammate and if you're if you're part of a program that's pushing forward, you also have to understand where the future is. You know, it's it's not crazy to think that that everyone on that team knows how good Keegan Murray is. They all do. They all see it in practice. They see a lot more than we do. They know how good he can be. Now that it's on them to kind of pull it, you know, to push and push and push until he gets there. And and that's just part of being a good teammate and part of being on, you know, a, a winning program that it at a certain point it does have to be about like elevating specific players in order for you to have uh, a better opportunity as a team. And I'm like, look, if, if Keegan Murray becomes the player that we we've seen flashes of throughout this season, that makes life a lot easier on Harrison Barnes and on Kevin Herter. Like it does. Like they're gonna get more open looks. They're gonna the next evolution of Keegan is to score more, but then you can see he's not a selfish player. After he starts scoring more and he starts getting more comfortable with that role, the next move for him is to start distributing and finding those guys for open looks because he's not a bad passer. He's just not someone who's been asked to do that. Does he need to get more um aggressive and assertive with his shot? Does he need to get more demanding? Does he need to do the, hey, give me the ball when he's hit two, three threes in a row? Maybe. Um, but I also Does think Does he need that... to steal the ball from De'Aaron Fox on the uh, when De'Aaron's in the backcourt? <laughs> when... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I, I think that's what I'm talking about, though. I think it's on everybody, right? It, it's, on, it's on the coaching staff, and not just Mike. It's on everybody on the coaching staff to keep promoting this idea that, hey, the kid is hitting, uh, he shot six to seven from three. Why didn't, why did he only get seven shots from three? That's, you know, again, like realize where the flow of the game is going, realize who has the hot hand and, and figure that out, ride the hot hand, you know, give a guy an opportunity to blossom. And I'm not saying that the Kings are constricting that, but I also think that, you know, when you're going through a season and you, you've had the, the bumpy ride that the Kings have all season long. And now here you are sitting at like seven or eighth in the West every night. And, you know, a couple of wins could get you up to number five. Like you're, you're hyper-focused on, okay, we, we can't be in the plan. We've, we've got to find a way to get up there. We've got to find to, a way to maybe even get into the top four. But my question would be to like, to what end? Like the goal of this season it shouldn't be to go out. I mean, it, it can be to win a championship, but does anyone here think that they're going to be able to saw through three teams in the Western Conference and get to the the finals, and then somehow get to the finals and be better than a Boston Celtics team that beats you by thirty time? I mean, thirty points every time. 
no, the goal is is to build a, a sustainable product that can win year in and year out. And that's where I'm looking. Like this is about this is about years of development that you can really bolster right now in the final 25 games where you can empower a young guy and say, okay, let's go get him. Let's let's uh put you out there in front of this thing and see how far you can help get us. Uh, because that's that's in in the end what building a uh, you know a sustainable winner is. Yeah. I I I just think it's so his development to both of you guys' point is so important for the future of this team. I mentioned it earlier on the handoff ham. If he has a certain level of growth and we talked about year three, I mean that's the that's the Siakam. That's the Jeremy yeah. Grant. That's right. the Kyle Kuzma that we're talking about this team needs, the Zach Levine-type score that everybody's talking about you need. Because it's when we had the discussion with Michael Bridges, remember it wasn't necessarily is like Michael Bridges better than Keegan or because we're not expecting Michael to come in here in average 25. We're saying can he be – can Keegan be better or the same – as Michael Bridges in Phoenix. Right. And if the answer is yes, then you don't make that deal. Yeah. Anybody that comes in here, we're not saying be a 25-point-per-game score. Can you be a consistent 17-point-per-game score? We think Keegan can do that. Can you be the best player you can be with Domas and De'Aaron? Right. As, as, right. As and best case scenario, if Monk is here too. Right. Because you're not going to yeah. get those opportunities as well. So if Keegan can be a guy – that you can rely on for 16 to 17 points, and every now and then he may get you 28 or something like that. Then in the offseason, like I mentioned earlier, you can go look for guys like Bruce Brown, like not these superstar high-scoring names, but guys that just come in and do nothing but the dirty work, and that could really help your roster if Keegan is taking that next step. Yeah, and look here in the chat, um, ZZ Sickness uh, says um, – you know, Keegan has to demand it though. I disagree. Sometimes you, you have to demand it from a player. You have to tell them that this is who they're going to be, that, you know, Keegan's personality might not be to like go out there and push his teammates around and say, Hey, you're not getting me the ball enough. Mm -hmm. That's fine. But I always go back to the, the Greg Popovich, like Kawhi Leonard thing where the light bulb went on for Kawhi when after being, you know, berated by Popovich again and again and again and, and pushed and told by his teammates, hey, you got to score, you got to score, you got to score, and all these things. Popovich pulled him aside and said, hey, look, I'm not doing this because, like, we want you to be a 25-point-per-game scorer and make an all-star team. I'm doing this because that version of you is our best opportunity to win a game. And if you can figure out how to be that person – we're going to win more games because you are really good and you give us that opportunity. And that's where I'm at with Keegan. Like he doesn't have to sit there and demand it, demand it, demand it. That would be nice. But I mean, you got a lot of players who, who demand it, demand it, demand it, who aren't any good, who, who think that they're great and they want every shot and everything else. That's not who Keegan is. What you have to do is you have to, some players are quiet. Some players need that push they need people like pushing them every single step of the way to say look you can't be who you are now we need you to be better and we need it now yeah. 
And again, it's not about asking someone to go outside of their comfort zone and all of a sudden, you know, do a bunch of ISO work and, and, you know, you're expecting them to add on, you know, three or four assists per game as well. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is Keegan Murray doing exactly what he's doing right now. Just instead of taking six or seven threes, taking eight or nine threes, instead of, you know, pulling up from 18 feet, you know, once or twice a game, do it two or three times more per game. And if you add a little bit here and a little bit there, next thing you know, he's at 13 to 15 shot attempts per game, and he's he's crushing it, and the Kings are a better team. Uh, we'll come back. We'll talk more with uh, James Ham. Kings uh, Nuggets tonight. Uh, we've got, we'll get you ready for it. Uh, Steve and Casey here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. All right, it's his VIP tickets for Aftershock. Uh, we're back here with our man Jam of the Insiders, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m., along with our man Kyle Matson. Uh, we got the, we got the uh, Sacramento Kings and the Denver Nuggets tonight. Will Z. Uh, track down a stat on it started with the the New York Knicks. Knicks uh, lost last night. Knicks got roughed up quite a bit by the Pelicans last night, and the I guess their 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 Reddit crew was uh, accumulating a record that the, their record of like beating five hundred teams versus below five hundred teams, and their record against above five hundred teams is brutal. Like they're they're getting roughed up. Yeah, was it twelve and twenty one? I think the Knicks. Yeah, yeah, twelve and twenty. And Will pulled up the uh, Kings record of uh, plus five hundred teams and and so on. And it it kind of started with the Kings versus below five hundred teams are five and fifteen. And we were able to we were able to figure out all of the losses pretty quickly. It was Charlotte. It was uh, Portland. It was Detroit, and then it was two versus Houston. That was it. Okay. And it brought it caught. So they're eighteen and nineteen versus plus five hundred teams. But it caused Kenny to ask the question: hey, are, are maybe we overdoing this little their inconsistent thing? Are, are we overdoing this a little bit? Or they play down? They to play the, down and, and stuff. When in fact they're five and. Or fifteen and five, one of the better records. And another aspect of that is they're like top ten in the league against teams below five hundred. Mm-hmm. You know, and they played a lot less games than a lot of these other. Yeah. Players. So for for example, uh, Hammer Philadelphia has the same win percentage against plus uh, against minus five hundred teams that Sacramento has, but they've played eight more games against mm. minus five hundred teams than the Kings have. Yeah, I think that there's going to be a problem here too because the Kings still have one of the toughest schedules left. Yeah, they just so, never playing below 500 teams ever again. That's just the way the schedule worked this year. It it really does feel like though the East is way worse than the West. Again, like the division of power in the East between the top and the bottom is like really really stark. Like there there are a lot of really bad teams in the in the East, or at least a handful of bad teams where. In the West, I just don't know that there are that many bad teams. I'd also say this. like, I don't think we're being too harsh on the Kings when it comes to that specific. Like, Yeah, they've, they've blown a couple of easy ones, right? Mm-hmm. It's the other games that they lay down in a weird way that makes you feel like they're, they just didn't show up. 
So it, it, I think it's a combination of the two. Like, yeah, you only have five losses against sub 500 teams, but you also have like those 40 point losses and those 30 point losses and those 25 point losses where they just weren't, weren't competitive. Mm. And so it adds to this element of, you know, not taking care of business. And we can even dive deeper into it and say, okay, sure. The Miami heat are a, a, a plus 500 team, right? They're a good team. They were missing seven players and, and you lost to them. And we can go down every game this season. And there are plenty of those games as well, where teams were missing somebody that was crucial and had no problems just running the Kings over. And so I, I think it's a combination of things. I, I will say though, over the last you know two weeks, they're playing a lot more solid basketball. They're they're playing like the type of basketball that we expected. And if they would have played this type of basketball all season long, they'd probably have three or four more wins, and we'd feel a lot more comfortable about where they were in the world. That's a good point about the other losses, the non-competitive losses. I mean, that adds to how people feel about this team and. Um, the the apprehension that that people have to this team, and I was looking back, and I don't. I'm, I mean, maybe this is just a um, you know a moral victory, so to speak, or whatever. It seems like they've eliminated those a little bit. The last time that happened was January seventh at home against New Orleans, thirty three point loss, just got bludgeoned. They lost against Philly. You know, that wasn't good, but maybe maybe that's one of those two. But other than that, in the last, we could say we're coming up on two months, seems like they've kind of eliminated those type of losses. You know what I mean? And I don't know if, like I said, that's just, you know, a good thing or it's actually ridiculous that we have to be like, hey, two months, we haven't gotten smacked up. Um, but hopefully they've gotten that out of their system and at the very least every game needs to be competitive from here on out yeah i I, to that point too i'd say if you just take away the the pelicans and the clippers (laughs) we might we might feel something totally different about this team too like in all honesty the the first two games against the clippers and all four games against the pelicans you take away those six like ugly brutal losses let's throw in the boston celtics okay that's not a good game but you know Every time you play Boston, you don't have a good game, and they they run you they run you off the table. So if we take those take groups the top of games, East <laughs> teams, the top three teams in the East, just well, Cleveland's in that now. Cle- I mean, well, I'm used I, to Milwaukee, Philadelphia, and Boston. Ironically enough, Cleveland, and it didn't feel this way. Maybe because it was an eight point game in the fourth quarter, but <laughs> Cleveland beat them by twenty six. Yeah, they did. Yeah. So Cleveland beat them by twenty six, and then Milwaukee was actually the close game. <laughs> right. Yeah, but you have to remember that the Kings also beat Cleveland 132 mm-hmm. to 120. Yeah. Uh, this season. And, and not only that, but the Bucks, they had the Bucks and they missed three free throws in the final like 18 seconds and got busted by a, a Damian Lillard three-pointer from, you know, 30 something feet that if they if that didn't go down or if they would have just hit their free throws, they even they would have survived the three. So that they just missed, you know, out of Fox. His mind. Poor Dame Lillard. We didn't get to talk about that today. We'll we'll say yeah, everybody go read the Dame Lillard Chris Mannix article. <laughs> you got homework. It's we'll unintentionally it. funny. I, f- I, yeah, it's unintentionally funny. Hmm. Dame thinks he's Max Struess out here. <laughs> 
Shout out Max True shot. Max True's King's Legend. That was he gets King's Legend status for making sure (laughs) Dallas loses. Hey, and uh, big props. I I don't know who called that game. Spectacular call. Like to they they let the game breathe. So you know they they call the the score on one end, and even before that, the 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 color commentator says, "All you need is a deflection right here," and then the other guy chimes in. They get the deflection. They get the steal. You know, Luca finds uh, PJ Washington. They hit the bucket, and you know, he lays it out. They the Cleveland doesn't have a timeout. There's 2.5 seconds left. Inbounds kicks it back to Struce. Struce buries a shot, and it's like he screams like three times. You know, he hit it. Oh my gosh! Blah blah blah, and then just lets the crowd go, and that place is bedlam. It's going nuts. I miss that. I miss Did like. You? Why do we have to I'm talk? All, no, I'm all for more talking, more screaming. Yeah. I'm serious. I, okay. don't, I don't have no problem with it. I don't have no problem with that call either. Like, it was fine, but right. I'm not bothered by, oh, my gosh, from 58 feet, he hit it. I can't believe it. Harriet, okay. Harriet. Not, I, don't, I don't have no problem with that. At some point, you got to let the game breathe, at least a little bit. I mean, everyone but- wants to know – if you're listening to a game on the radio, the radio call you, was funny. By the way, you got to hear the Dallas radio call because they get oh Max Strews from Hebron. Oh no! Oh no! Oh no! That's how the call that was. Is Dallas. That, right. That's Dallas. Yeah, yeah. That's awesome. It's uh, tremendous. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll ask you this: What call are we gonna remember? That call, or the Vikings missing a free uh, field goal? Hmm. <laughs> oh, the Vikings missing the field. But that was a radio call, wasn't it? Uh, it was a radio the Vikings call. missing. Right. Yeah, that, the call. Vikings missing yeah. the field goal was a radio call, um, <laughs> or the Favre interception. The Favre interception. There's some good. There's yeah. That's yeah, you can't let it breathe on the on the radio. You gotta you gotta talk on the radio. Um, but I, I, I think though you can, if the crowd erupts a little bit, your job is to allow, is to paint the picture right. And mm-hmm. sometimes the picture is the bedlam that ensues. And and just the noise level and the shock and the the fan reaction that it's such a crucial part. And it what it does is it makes everyone who's listening feel like they're part of it. You feel like you're you're hearing what everyone there is feeling. And so I I think that it's a lost art the the lost art of letting a game breathe. You just got to get your catchphrases in, James. <laughs> You gonna get your or at least somebody's catchphrases. Zabo, <laughs> see, I'm not even, not even, I'm not, I'm, I'm just gonna go to the chat. Zabo <laughs> said in the chat, he said, imagine if it was the Hornets announcer. <laughs> oh my god, that Hornets announcer. Either way, win or loss, <laughs> he would have been on one. That that uh, yeah, that Hornets announcer is he is special. Special, special, <laughs> special. Um, but yeah. the the mo on the season hammer would be the Kings beating the Nuggets tonight, wouldn't it be? You come back and and, and again, I'm going to say this repeatedly because I I think some fans feel other way. I'll state my opinion, my opinion only. This Miami Heat loss is not in the same vein of Portland. It's not in the same vein of Charlotte or Detroit. It's nothing even close. If you want to be frustrated, they were shorthanded. Fine, but you got to look at the totality of who the Miami Heat are and how that they are coached. Mm-hmm. This, to me, is a loss on the seat. It sucks. You wanted them to get it, especially the way that they were playing, especially knowing what they've got coming up today, mm-hmm. 
what they got coming up again Friday. But the story of the season says they might just go out there and beat Denver tonight. I get that. And Mike Malone that... will throw his face through a wall. Oh, Mike Malone getting thrown out if they're down. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah. Mike, Mike not, not going. You will not ruin this for me. I mean us. Just like this one in particular, like I don't know what's going to happen in Minnesota. I think they've got, you know, like a puncher shot in, in Minnesota. I just feel like tonight and it has nothing to do with the Miami game. I think the nuggets are going to be a different type of motivated tonight. And it's going to be a really, really difficult game for the Kings. And that's, that's okay. just my own opinion. That's all right. Don't need to be yeah. easy. Yeah. Yeah. Get out there, fight. Get out there and fight. Um, fight Owens, fight. Well, I'm fine with that too. I'm not a KO guy, but yeah. James is a big KO guy. <laughs> if I don't know who KO is, but no, that's okay. That's fine. Actually, let's look back at something here real quick. You guys probably remember off the top of your head. Uh, it's hard to look. I, I, I wanted to go back and I mean, De'Aaron had 30. It, man, De'Aaron played 43, almost 43 minutes in that last game against Denver. I wanted to go back and look who played really well, you, but that game's tough because yeah. no one wanted to play basketball that day. No, so It was really just De'Aaron who came in and did his thing. I remember Duarte had good minutes. Kevin Herter played good before. I don't think he played at all in the fourth quarter. You know who played really well? Going, go, I'm going to go back one more game. Mm-hmm. Alex Lynn mm-hmm. in the 135-106 game. Alex Lynn played really yeah, well. Uh, in that one, and it was a really balanced scoring day. You had four, five, six. You had seven guys in double digits in that one. Mm. One of them, oh, that was Trey Lyles. Trey Lyles who got big minutes yep. uh, at the end of that Miami game. He was a part of that team that made the run. Do you think Mike handled that the right way, by the way? Did, should, should Malik have come back in in the fourth quarter? Mm, I don't know. Um Sometimes Malik shows you that he doesn't have it. And I know you need a ring, but the fact that he's shooting like 16% from three over the last, like, I don't know, 15 games or, or 10 games, like he, he's struggling with his three point shot and you're down 20. Yeah. Like there's a point where maybe, but the Kings built momentum and that the three threes in a row, you know, kind of woke them up and got them back in. The crowd was great. And at a certain point, you got to roll with what's working and what got you back in the game, not try to go back to what got you in the hole. And it's possible you could have got a little more boost, but I don't know. I, I, you know, every game has a life of its own. And, you know, if we go back to the game before and pulls De'Aaron Fox to give him a break at like the six minute and we're all panicking, like, you know, Bob Myers is freaking out. How in the world the Kings going to score mm-hmm. without De'Aaron Fox on the court? This a team that scores one twenty and a guy who scores thirty points a game like scores those other ninety, Bob. But <laughs> point though is, like, it's okay sometimes for the others to go out and win the game and for them to be impactful. And if they are doing the right things and they are playing the right way, they are giving you a chance. Go ahead with him a little bit longer. Give him an extra minute. Give him an extra two minutes. And if it and if it's out to be eight minutes, that's one of those games where I could see Harrison Barnes. They go, hey, you want to go back in? And he would go, Trey's handling himself just fine right now. Go ahead and leave him. In. That's one of those things where, you know, being a good teammate sometimes means that you sit from the bench and watch and and 
you don't make a big bunch of noise afterwards. I that's just he played four guys twelve minutes in that quarter. That's tough. Mm-hmm. That like that's tough. Like especially given how much energy you had to exert on both ends of the floor. I didn't mean it so much as oh this Malik O's is go back to him. It was more of do you do you, you know you had you had Keegan I think played like nine and some change and Chris Duarte played the other two and some change. That was the only substitution in the quarter. And, you know, we talked about this the next day, Hammer, how it's such a fine line when riding that wave and understanding, okay, the wave is over now. We are settling back into a basketball game. And it's a it's it's one of the most difficult, in my opinion, it's one of the most difficult jobs a coach has. A coach has. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I, and I would point out, like, the NBA, I know everyone gets sick and tired of hearing is like a game of runs, right? But to go on a run where you build a 20-point lead, it's not that difficult, especially like in the third quarter. Like a couple of you hit a couple of shots, they turn the ball over a couple of times. What happened to the Kings? Like the the Kings turned the ball over like four or five times in, in like a six or seven minute stretch in the early third quarter. And next thing you know, the Heat hit a couple of shots in outside of what they were normally doing. And it goes from like a seven point lead to a 20 point lead, like super quick. To chase a team down once you build a 20 point lead, that's not how it goes. Because the other team, when a team has a 20 point lead, their goal now is to slow the game down and to not make mistakes and to force you to get stops. And that's where it becomes really, really difficult because you're expending so much energy on one end trying to get a defensive stop, not an easy turnover that leads to a fast break bucket. That might happen here and there. But overall, it usually takes legitimate stops, boxing out, rebounding, all these things that take a lot of energy. And then on the other end, you got to race down. You got to get a bucket quick so we can go back while they're trying to drag the game out and, and take all 24 seconds. So it, it does just take a tremendous amount of energy. And then what happens in the, in the heat game, you left the door open for them to like, you're rallying all the way back and you're still playing that great defense. But when you let a team have confidence, that's when bam hit that like miracle shot at the end of the shot clock. It was just ridiculous. That was so well defended. And then Jaime Hawkes has a couple of like unbelievably crazy shots go in. And that's why you lose games like that because you had to spend all this energy getting back into it, but you leave a door open and NBA players, any player that's in the NBA can score and, and they can find a way to get a bucket here and there and, and you lose a tough, tough game. Yeah. And we, um, you know, there was no Jimmy Butler, but Jaime Aqua has played like Jimmy Butler Mm -hmm. on that day. I mean, he was, he was really, really good. It wasn't, Mm -hmm. Like some scrub just did anything. Like he's a good ball player, and he he showed out. He has some really impressive shots. Yeah, he's that guy that you're like, hey, um, how many first round picks does it take to get Jaime Hawkes out of your hands? Because that's again one of those missing link guys that the Kings could use. That's one of those guys that changes like almost everything. A guy who plays defense, a guy who does all of the dirty work, and you know it doesn't always look like pretty. It doesn't matter. His footwork's unbelievable. Is uh, he plays with force and energy, and the Kings just what they need to do is just like, like full on go Watergate on these guys and steal the the Miami Heat's like draft game plan the night before and go find the guys that they're going to draft because 
you need the the guys that the Heat have. Every you know, again, every player on the Heat would look really good in a Sacramento Kings uniform, except for Duncan Robinson. He like he wouldn't look good in a Kings uniform, but most of the other guys, you're like, well, that and Tyler Hero. I, I wouldn't want Tyler Hero either, but oh. um, but so many of these yeah. other guys, these six foot seven, <laughs> six foot eight, six foot nine dudes that multi positional like play with force, defensive minded guys. Yeah, I'll take them. Craziest thing about Watergate, he didn't need to do it. Mm. No. Kings, however, do need this. So if you can go rip off some secrets from the Miami Heat, like that'd be a uh, that'd be a good look. I don't know what Tyler Hero did to James Ham, but I guess we'll leave that. To, I guess we'll leave that to figure <laughs> yeah. out another day. What did like, Hero do? I, I don't know that. <laughs> there seems to be a it's le- not a fan a league wide dislike of poor Tyler Hero. I'll take Tyler Hero. Yeah, I got. I get. I get. I get James's point, but yeah. Tyler Tyler Hero might be a upgrade over some some just a cup some. Um, <laughs> you, are you okay? Do you, I'm fine. will you do what your are wife you said? Okay? Go get your throat checked. What? Go get your voice. Well, yo, there's <laughs> <laughs> sixty. There's sixty. How you get a flag with sixty seconds left? Sir, I got to call the game. Uh, I played a clean, clean game. Game's not over, fella. <laughs> Play a clean game. <laughs> Play through the whistle, man. <laughs> Sorry, uh, second graders. <laughs> well, it's yeah. never over until it's over, Damien. I hope, I hope Reese's class. <laughs> that, that was Leon that. fumbling right before oh, the end zone, right man. there. Bro. That was oh, crazy. No. Well, <laughs> I guess, I guess on that note, <laughs> I'll just leave. Uh, we'll run it back. Uh, and then we got the pregame show coming up right after that to get you ready uh, for the Sacramento Kings and the Denver Nuggets. Stay locked in here uh, to Sacramento Sports Leader and make sure that you're back with us tomorrow beginning at 10 a.m. to recap it all with James Hamm and Kyle Matson on the Insiders here on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Vamos Kings like the beam. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. 
news. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. Back clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening.